Yeah, there's still quite a bit of assets on field and still quite a few, a lot of people still online. I would say now the real war begins on Reddit. <laughs> oh, Jibbers, would you like to introduce yourself? Yeah, sure. Um, pretty quick introduction. I'm just a moderator on RE. Pretty much it. Uh, I'm a lowly line member, Dirty Goon. So obviously I'm not, not too pleased with the outcome of this fight. But uh, other than that, I've been fielding uh, or weathering the storm today. It has not been a fun day in terms of uh, cleaning up the mess from Pro God Legends' uh, wonderful thread. Oh, I can definitely imagine from that one. Yeah, it sounds like it got a lot of publicity, and of course, he went on to the Canadian Broadcasting Company, I believe is what it's called, and had an interview there that was actually linked in chat quite a few times today. Yeah, uh, he, he definitely did. Actually, the, the timing of his thread and how he worded it was kind of a work of art. Um, I happened upon it within 30 seconds of it, uh, of it being posted by sheer happenstance. And I was uh, talking to Matterall about it, and I said, this thread is probably going to hit the front page and be extremely high-ranking and draw in just an insane amount of attention to this. We had a, a, a good little chat about that. You hit uh, all the exact right clickbait words. But I just wish that he would have uh, given us a heads up first. Oh, yeah, I can imagine that would that was like a big mess to... To have to clean up, especially when all these big fights start happening or, or little skirmishes start happening, you really start to see a big uptake in uh, threads that pop up on Reddit. I imagine. Yeah, there's been just an insurmountable amount of stuff coming in. Um, the mod queue's been a mess. There's been, I don't know, maybe a hundred different threads. It's it's not it's not pretty. Uh, hopefully, I can get it cleaned up in the next hour or so here, but. I'm kind of glad. This is this is a big day for Eve, I think. I mean, we really, really, as a community, got a ton of penetration. Like everything is just, I don't know. It's kind of been kind of a kind of a blur. I can't wait for the traffic stats to come in. Oh yeah, no, I'm definitely interested in seeing a lot of that. I mean, even um, even on the Twitch side today, which is a lot of the stuff I was monitoring in the background uh, when everybody else was talking, um, Eve Online actually hit this number seven spot on uh, viewership today on Twitch, which was also another huge feat. It's not something we see very often. I saw Dominate, uh, the front page of Kotaku. It's pretty much the top thread. Yeah, that was another one too. Yeah, the, the Kotaku article that got linked. Um, that actually linked here to the Imperium News stream. So yeah, a lot of, a lot of different stuff that's going on today. I mean, it's, it, it's really cool to see some of this stuff. Um, of course, as any, any Imperium member or ally would know it's 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 kind of a rough thing to not get it, but at the same time, um, it can also bring a lot of other you know skirmishes and things like that over this Keepstar as well. And of course, like uh, Matani was saying, we're gonna or some of the other people were saying, we're gonna see a lot of little skirmishes of people just trying to get out of this system for the next few hours too. Yeah, and just like you said, I mean, overall it was a pretty big day for Eve and a pretty big day for the Imperium and others. So I'm interested to see what's gonna happen next. Oh yeah, it's it's kind of like the breath of life it needed after having like a, a pretty stagnant few months, I would think. Yeah, oh, yeah. Not, not everything's going to end in an explosion. I mean, obviously, you know, the, the, that creates a level of finality to to the whole thing, but 
not everyone's going to happen like that. You know, I think that you know the other thing that, that we kind of have to consider um, is over the course of the last week, right? The, you know, um, we had both this sort of attack that was coming. We've also had the release of the information regarding uh, Structures 2.0, and you know, really, what you, what does that mean in terms of in terms of attacks like this? Um, you know, so I think you'll have some people out there that are kind of looking at at you know those proposed changes and what those could have meant to this one way or the other, because there's some people out there that are saying that those changes are going to make it even harder to attack structures in some ways. Yeah, that was a lot of a lot of the big topics for that, too, is is how uh, much easier or how much harder. A lot of people were really estimating just the way they laid it out in, in the uh, dev blog that it might actually get harder to attack Citadels. I mean, we don't have a cut and flat, dry, you know, method of attacking. Right now, we go through our three timers and we know exactly when we're doing it. But then when you add this all this variable of, of windows, that are going to be coming up for this and the hacking mini game and all these other things like you're going to see a lot of different changes with this i'm kind of interested to in see how the even the uh, server performance will handle those kind of changes coming up especially with the gtfo module honestly i'm pretty impressed that the server held up at all today the the node that the system was on i mean despite going to an absolute crawl uh was pretty impressive that was uh, an all-time record for Eve, and it held up. So we've come a long way in that regard. Oh, that's for sure. I mean, even uh, CCP Falcon noted at one point when he was here that uh, at one point in time, basically, uh, when the fight started basically kicking off, it stated 100% CPU usage, but the amount of RAM it was taking was jumping. It was at 17 gigs starting out, then jumped all the way up to uh, 69 gigs, or 67 gigs at the time. So it was, it was definitely consuming a ton of resources to try to hold up this fight. Yeah, I'd hate to be one of their sysadmins right now. Like that, that must have been a must have been a fun night. Oh yeah, I mean, I imagine it's still got to be coming down at some point. I mean, right now it seems like it's running a lot smoother than it was earlier for sure. Even with twenty five hundred people still in the system. Yeah, I'm actually able to log in again. I've been uh, trying to. I disconnected early on in the fight, and I just every time I'd get back in, I'd disconnect immediately. So it was yeah, witnessed was, via Twitch. There were there was a few other people that were saying even if they could get in, they were basically stuck on a black screen, and if they were in a a carrier or a super carrier of something of the sort, they would only see their fighters in a black screen and in local chat, and that was it. Like they couldn't even they couldn't do anything. They had no modules. They couldn't even see their capacitor. Nothing. So that's also another thing that um, that needs to be or that would be brought up is how how will the servers handle with the uh, I guess quote unquote bugs that happened today even for this fight that was like a, kind of a big deterrent to how the outcome came. Well, it's always been kind of like chasing the holy grail here in terms of server stability in these massive tight eye brawls. I mean, at one point, the way they handled load balancing for this was you would just disconnect, and that was that. Didn't matter if you were in a in a super. Didn't matter if you were in a frigate. You were just gone. Yeah, it's not like they have like a um, like a queue system or anything like that to get back in once these are happening. It, basically, you just get an error message and you just keep trying for hours, up to hours. And today, I think it was the worst because even the last time we got into a big tie dye fest uh, last week for the same keep star. I mean, people were able to log back in, but we didn't have of uh, we didn't have instances where people were straight up not able to get in for hours on end. They were able to get in within 15, 20, maybe even 30 minutes. But like these hour to two to three hour, even in some reports, um, it's, it's pretty crazy. It's a lot higher than usual. I'm really curious to see as well, if because of all the attention that this fight got, um, 
how many people showing up to this were actually new or just returning accounts. I don't know if CCP would actually release that information, but I can tell you with what I've been seeing um, on Reddit, um, just the sheer amount of messages I've gotten and what I see in the uh, Eve Discord, we have uh, we have a newbie channel. It's been it's been pretty active. This certainly it, it got it got pretty deep out there. Like I'm I've been completely overwhelmed with new players just asking, you know, what is this? What's going on? How do I understand this fight? How do I get to it? How can I join in? Oh yeah, and that was definitely one of the things that was brought up a lot in chat today. Just we were trying to help explain out how each side works, what what's going on, kind of the prelude up to it, um, and even some of the in-depth mechanics that what what we're seeing on screen, like for all the blue dots with the little arrows. Like I mean, they're not just blue dots; the spider squadron is trying to go out, and we see a lot of them even now. Um, it's been repaired for close to what twenty minutes now, I think, twenty thirty minutes, and we're still seeing a ton of fighters on on uh, on grid still. Yeah, I imagine this extraction is going to take quite a while. Uh, what's the system at tie dye wise? I can't quite see. Looks it's like it's ten percent. Yeah. Yeah, they're yeah, gonna just, they're yeah. gonna be there for a while. Yeah, a lot of it at this point, I imagine, is just it catching up or trying to catch up. Uh, we currently have twenty five hundred still in local. Yeah, a lot of fighters were abandoned. Yeah. Some people are asking if that's it. Um, you know, look, the, the Keepstar was saved, um, so that part is over. Uh, however, you still have extraction going on from from various units out there. You still have people who who weren't able to uh, to log in or re-log into the system that are you know technically logged off in system. They will also need to extract. You know, there's a lot of stuff that you know still is the cleanup after the after any battle really. Do Do you know if? Uh... Somebody in chat actually brings up a pretty good point. Why doesn't time dye or uh, the repair timer line up with tie dye? Like, isn't time dilation supposed to be a generalized item, or is it's there something a that it has happens? never been there? It's a combination of technical issues. Um, if they were to change that, then then uh, apparently based on what they were saying, I think out in the forums or someplace the other day, um, it would take a, it would take a lot of work to change it. Um, but it is something that, as of right now, it seems that they want to keep. It does give a bias to the defender in these things, and I think that that is where kind of the whole structures mechanic has been since they began putting it in. Is its bias towards the defender? Um, okay. Yeah, and and I don't think I think eventually that will you know that will begin to loosen up in several ways once they're done putting structures in. But uh, yeah, I don't know that they're there yet to the point where they want to go and invest in. I guess whatever you know, uh, uh, coding that they would need to do to line up those timers. Oh yeah, I mean, I'd imagine it would take a lot of work, and who knows how much extra server load that would just take for that one timer to to, to catch up to it. I mean, we know it, it gets paused when it happens, but I mean, it's it's yeah, it is a really unfair advantage when when you have attackers, regardless of who they are, uh, come in and try to do that, and then the tie dye basically holds them back and says, no, 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 you didn't do this early enough. <laughs> And then just, uh, we'll just sit there and do a quick shout out for all the new uh, subscribers and donations and whatnot that have come in in the last bit. I know we've been a little slow on that today, guys. A lot of the conversation has kind of taken over on that quite a bit. So let me just do a quick update. It's Dilek. Uh, Matterall also uh, redid it. Wilhelm, 
Uh, Taran Lazarus, Zanson, Jodge. I think it's Jodge is how I pronounce it. Uh, Robert K. Snowy Flake, Green Eagle. Uh, Arc, Accelerated, Later Prawn, and Sulfran, all new subscribers and uh, bits in the last hour. Uh, definitely thank you guys all so much for the support. Uh, way up jump, it's actually over. It has been repaired. The Keepstar has been repaired and is currently, it's just in the instruction process for all the forces involved. Wondering how long it's going to take until we get a proper battle report popping in. I know kill boards don't matter and all, but it's still nice to look at. Looks at, like, to be roughly at about 140 to... Uh... Um, I don't know yet and if there are any Titans lost in this so far. Um, we don't know what's happening off-grid for anything anybody that might have disconnected. Um, or if they've gotten caught or anything like that. We don't have any of that data yet, unfortunately. Uh, yes, there, there was definitely a lot of damage going on up until one point where there was not enough fighters or fighters and bombers on grid to be able to handle it. Um, it was in pause state for at least three hours, I think. Four hours. Or close to. I know we started, we started a little bit early today. So it's definitely been an interesting day. I gotta say, the, probably the highlight of this fight was that uh, Spy Sino. I mean, I know, like, you know, I shouldn't root for the enemy here because that was our, uh, those are my team's Nixes going down. But it was a pretty exciting moment watching all four of them pop on the grid. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, that was definitely the highlight. It was kind of like the uh, the little miniature fight, I guess, if you, if you would call it that, that kicked off just as everybody was kind of getting in the system. I think at that point we were talking earlier, not even maybe fifteen or 1,800 people had even gotten in the system at that point yet. Yeah, uh, that was, uh, I saw them, I saw them Sino in, and right as that happened, that's right when I disconnected. So it was just like this really tense moment, I was like, oh, you know, oh my god, are we, are we Sinoing in on a bait Sino? Is there going to be a lot more people popping in? Like, please no, please no. That Fortunately, was the, it was only was four the Yeah, and then it did, the, the Sino did get killed almost immediately too, so that was, uh, that was something else that had also happened. And we did watch, um, in the beginning of the stream, when that did happen, we were watching them for quite a while until we had to get a good camera angle before tie-dye got too bad because there was there was actually another thing too that happened today is because the tie-dye was so bad um, a lot of people if they were moving around camera or trying to do something in, in game they were getting experiencing a crash and that's also the reason why we actually stayed alive are alive so long today is because I did not want to touch the game client period if it was working I was leaving it be <laughs> yeah. yeah I watched uh, Everin go down because of that yeah, that, that was yeah. another thing. He said he went down, I think, close to seven times before he said, okay, I'm, I'm good to try to get back in. Because I guess the last time he tried to get back in, he was waiting for 40 minutes and still hadn't gotten back in. Yeah, I felt pretty bad for him. Like, that was probably his all-time peak. I mean, that was, a, that was a pretty big stream. And then, of course, you know, game clients got a crash on you. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and that was the one thing we were definitely worried about today. We wanted to report this until the end today, which, I mean, we did. 
it's uh, interesting as to see how much is on on field. I mean, there's still 2,700 people in the system. There was actually down to 2,300, and then it looks like more jumped in. So I'm not sure if there's still stuff going on. And then we do have Titans that are actually landing. Uh, NC Titans. It looks like they're landing back on grid now too. Looks like maybe the people that disconnected that are finally getting back in. I mean, I might be biased here, but I kind of hope that uh, they log in a little late at an inopportune time. Maybe a little tackle land. Specifically, NC Titans. Oh, yeah. Uh, definitely. Thank you, Zarbox. Yeah, we definitely try to, to bring a good stream here today. Yeah, there's quite a bit that was going on. Yeah, it is It is a little slow uh, for, for new players that are joining in or haven't seen the game before. I mean, this was definitely one of the uh, the slower fights. Tie-dye fights aren't always the most fun, but the outcome is usually what people talk about the most. Like the into and the outcome. In all honesty, the most exciting stuff is probably yet to happen, right? Because the extract is going to be a little dicey, and tie-dye is going to start to slow, like, lift off a bit. Yeah, that's why, that's why we're actually still here hanging out, because I... I really wanted to see and report what was going on at this point because there's still a lot of stuff on field. I mean, on both sides, so it's not there's just a quick. Cut still and dry. a lot of disconnects and crap going on too. Like I can't dock back up. I finally got undocked. I can't dock back up. So like people are gonna get stuck and there's gonna be some battling on the on the way out. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I, there's a lot of warping on on and off grid right now, uh, which seems to be all the people that are just finally getting back in. Uh, Nyan Bunny, no, I, it looks like it looks like everybody's trying to extract, but there is still probably fighting going on. I'm still not trying to test a client too much since we're still under 10% tie-dye. I have moved it around just a little bit to kind of see how it was going, but I, I don't want to push it too hard if we're going to stay here for a little bit and watch and see what the extraction looks like. Are Blue allowed to talk red? Yes, they are. I mean, uh, unless they've gotten tethered up at that point. If they have not gotten tethered up, they are open rain. Uh, they're... If you count on the side of the battle, the one is uh, the red did win because the the Keepstar did repair. Um, and the blue did quite, lose quite a bit today. Somebody was asking what a, what a fighter costs. So basically one fighter is, uh, you know, probably, well, it depends. If it's a Tech 1 fighter, uh, it's probably somewhere in the 10 million-esque range, somewhere between 10 and 15 million. Um, and then if you're looking at a Tech 2 version, it's north of 20. Yeah, it's usually around between 22 and 28, depending on what race it is. And, the and then what range. is it? It's like uh, 9 in a fighter group for light fighters or something like that? It's like if you lose all your fighters, it gets pricey. Yeah, so if you, if you get into the 9 fighters for uh, like air superiority or light fighters, um, yeah, it's it's about 9, I think. And then for heavy fighters, I think it's 4 or 6? Six? 6. 6, yeah. Okay, so yeah, it's it, I couldn't remember. I haven't been in a super in a long time. But... Yeah, you definitely. There's. It's a really expensive tube every time they send one out. Not as bad as excavator drones, though. Oh, that's true. <laughs> yeah, can't bill a piece. It's gross. So it's funny on the left side of the screen if you guys can see it still. Um, there is quite a bit of sentry drones that looks like they were got le uh, left on field from the Mac fleet from earlier. That has become a little bit more visible since earlier. Think about all the uh, battlefield loot that's going to go on very shortly. Oh, billions! I mean, I imagine billions are going to be found on the field, even just just from fighters alone, not including the wrecks. If, and 
than the random necrophiliacs that love to grab the bodies, you know? It's too bad you can't scroll the uh, overview. I bet you there's probably a few Noctuses out there already. I can't scroll the overview. Let me see if I can find something. Yeah, like maybe there's some weirdo out there, and then you'll broadcast it through there and they'll get blasted. Well, it could be like, you know, like Johnny Raw. If anybody knows who he is, he he was a guy notorious for doing that. He would be in the middle of a battle and be done with it, and as soon as it starts ramping down, that that guy's out there in a battleship, starts like pulling in salvage and salvaging things while the, everything's still going on. It's like, wait, what? Hey, you gotta get to it quick before it expires. You know what I mean? I'm surprised there's not one. There's gotta be. So Dirt, did you ever log in? I gotta run for a bit. No, oh, not no yet. Problem. I'm just waiting for extract when they call for it. Sorry for the relative silence here. I'm actually hunting around. Um, a lot of times after fights like these, there's a lot of little interesting mini stories that pop up. You know, in like various forums, comments, whatever. So I'm I'm hunting around for those now. I think it'll be a. I think we'll get a lot of interesting ones out of this. Oh, yeah. Hey, Mario. Hi. Uh, I heard Dirk had to leave. I was bummed out. Um, Do you miss him already? Sorry, I'm trying. Sorry, I had to turn off comms over there. I was in NC comms. I'm going to try to bring in some NCFCs to do an after action report. We can get their point of view of the fight. I feel and it was a lot like that Star Trek gift where he's eating an apple and just pointing his finger at the screen, blowing things up. And DC, it doesn't look like there is no Noctis in, in system, unfortunately. Surprised. I, I figured there'd be at least one guy out there by now looting. Uh, Emblem, you're looking at the basically the aftermath of the big fight at 9-Tac-4 RP2 uh, today. We're, we're watching kind of the extraction and the cleanup of the battlefield. There's lot, still a lot of forces from both sides on the field, and we're just waiting to see when extraction will be. All right, Live Shifter, if you wouldn't mind, I'd like to bring Killer B in to talk about the Northern Coalition side of things. Sure. Hi, Killer B. Welcome to INN Live. You are the FC on the Northern Coalition side. How are you doing? Hey, I'm doing uh, pretty good. I'm a little bit tired, but uh, we're just working on extracting our people, and I'm obviously really happy that uh, we're defending the Keepstar. So how, how did this go? Uh, give us the after-action report. How did it look at the beginning, uh, the middle, and at the end? When did you know you had it? Uh, at the beginning, it looked pretty good for us because goons didn't send their fighters down for a very long time. But uh, basically, at like the last sort of uh, minute, they uh, managed to, or they just decided to warp all their SEPCAP fleets down to pause it. And uh, that gave them enough time to get their fighters onto the Keepstar. And from that point, it kind of went downhill for a while. Um, the lag was really bad. We had trouble uh, doing the space superiority fight as effective as we wanted to. Our subcaps had trouble doing stuff at all. Um, so, yeah, we had to kind of start adapting to the uh, tie-dye a little bit. And then it just kind of went on like that for a couple of hours. We just uh, we knew what we had to do. We knew that we had to just kill their subcaps, defang their fighters, and just keep grinding it. At that point, it was sort of just a grinding grinding game. And uh, we just kept grinding it. And then uh, towards the end, 
uh, one one major thing happened, which was that basically neither party was able to relaunch new fighters, which was a pretty big advantage for us um, because we were shredding their fighters pretty good and they weren't able to launch new ones to keep the fighter DPS up on the Keepstar. And at the same time, we were basically done killing most of their Macarials. So we could focus on the uh, Inet Ravens, which were sieging the Keepstar from like 300 away. And uh, then once we forced the Inet Ravens off and we had cleared most of their fighters, uh, there was a little bit of a sort of thing. Basically, the Keepstar was paused at eight, uh, 8 minutes 45 seconds for most of the time. And then in the middle of us just focusing on like keeping the Ravens off grid, suddenly I noticed that the Keepstar was still paused, but it was at 8.36, which meant that it had been repairing for 9 seconds at some point, which was a pretty big, you know, glimpse of light. And then we just sort of, it kind of replenished our uh, our will to keep going. And we did that. And then suddenly it started repairing. And then we knew we uh, we did it. Well, like what, what time is it for you? Uh, three... 30 a.m. Wow. I started forming a fleet at, I basically started doing prep work at uh, 4 p.m. And now it's, uh, yeah, 3.30 a.m. So, so uh, pretty wiped out? Yeah, I'm pretty exhausted, but that's what I play for, so. Well, congratulations on defending that Keepstar. Uh, huge fight, the biggest in EVE history. Uh, and uh, you guys came out on top. Good job. Thanks. Thanks. Was uh, yeah. Was definitely quite something. It could have gone either way. Um, it's always a kind of a wild card with these uh, with these tie dye fights because stuff happens that you just can't predict. It's impossible to predict what's going to happen in tie dye uh, because every single time something else happens, something new happens. And uh, yeah, today we just got uh, some other new things that we learned in tie dye, but there was definitely a very good learning experience as well. As obviously a gigantic force of uh, like show of power from both sides. Form ups from both sides were really impressive. And uh, yeah, good to watch, good to see what uh, we're capable of forming. So, if you're saying that it's up to kind of chance here, are you admitting you got lucky? No, I wouldn't say we got lucky. Um, I think we, I, I definitely think that the, um, that the way that the tie dye worked played into our hands, like it definitely favored us towards the end. Uh, I think it kind of favored goons somewhere in the middle, and then it started favoring us towards the end. Um, it's just something that, yeah, like I don't know if I would call it lucky. It's just something you can't really influence. So I guess if you really want to, you could call it luck if you if you like spinning it that way. But yeah, I feel like we were. I think we were prepared. I, I think we were prepared for basically everything. We had everything set up. We had anticipated the goon strategy actually on point, which wasn't exactly hard because the goon strategy tonight was pretty straightforward. It was the, the classic sending fighters from far away strategy sort of thing. There was no real surprises here today by what goons did. Um, so did you guys yeah. also have entire fleets that could not log back in? Uh, yeah, I mean we had. Uh, started forming up when we started forming up we had like five fleets that were full and towards the end like half of those fleet weren't full anymore so yeah we had a lot of people that DC'd and uh, couldn't log back in definitely I think I personally spent like three hours trying to log back in if you find my jacked out there can you escort it home gently <laughs> uh, one last thing Kilby the um, the Nix is that jumped in because they were uh, 
tricked into jumping into the wrong Sino and they were killed off. Those belonged to Imperium. Was that something that the North knew about or was that just luck? Uh, did somebody just deliver them to you? You weren't expecting No, that was set up, but uh, we obviously hoped to get more than uh, we got there. Uh, the problem was that we, uh, our, our guy, that uh, he, he lit the Sino a little bit late. If he would have lit it at the same time the uh, actual Sino was lit that all the Nixes jumped to, I think we would have gotten a lot more. There was uh, so there was two kind two kind of ways I looked at this. Either to play like I was hoping to get like fifty plus Nixes with that Sino, and um, there was two kind of scenarios I would see. Either either goons would just give up on those fifty Nixes, and then we would we would kill fifty Nixes, which would obviously be pretty big. Or I was hoping that it might trigger an escalation because they're not willing to let those fifty Nixes die, so they would jump all their shit onto those Nixes to save them. And that would have obviously be uh, been something that I would have enjoyed even more. Uh, so the idea was to uh, trick trick a commitment, uh, and they and you would have met that commitment, and that would have made them either let fifty Nixes die if fifty had jumped in. Only four did, but if fifty yeah. jumped in, or yeah, exactly. uh, escalate, which is what you were looking for. Yeah, I was looking for the escalation, uh, obviously with the biggest possible advantage for me. Because that's what FCs do, uh, which you know, and it would have been ideal to uh, to fight them with just a couple of kilometers off our Keepstar, because we could have abused all the tether mechanics, we could have abused the Keepstar DPS and everything, uh, and they would have been exposed. Obviously, four Nixes you can just let die. Four Nixes isn't that big of a deal, um, but if it would have been like 50, 60, or whatever, then yeah, uh, we're a different story. Did you feel any additional pressure given all the media attention on this fight? Like when I've seen that clue? I don't really care to be honest. Like especially that like the the thing with that media intention is it's like pretty fake. So you're just you're just stone cold kill a bee. I wouldn't say I'm stone cold. I I was I was definitely excited today, very excited. Uh more excited than I've been for a very long time because it's it is a very it is a very like unique feeling to uh, commit 200, 300 titans, or be able to commit that kind of force, and kind of knowing that my decision, my decisions, kind of could be, you know, turning into a gigantic uh, slaughter or something if I fuck it up. So I wasn't calm. I was very excited, but in a positive way. I wasn't like nervous. I was just really looking forward to it. But yeah, the media attention. I mean that that post was a joke. I'm kind of. I think it's kind of funny that Progot got on like national TV in Canada and shit with that. And it's good for him. Like, I, I like that's cool. It's just that, like the like the first the first part of his post, or at least the part that I read, the first couple parts were like okay, mm -hmm. and then at the end he basically just called all the FCs pussies for not committing and everything. It was just okay. All right, I see. Where, like, I was just face palming at that point. That was pretty fun to read, man. Definitely <laughs> props to him for uh You saw right through that. what he was trying to do. There's actually more to that story too. Originally, um there was a certain link at the bottom of that post to a certain website from a certain uh certain uh corp that is recruiting that uh suddenly disappeared. Yeah. I think well, it was pretty thinly veiled what was going on there. Well, Killer B, one last question, and then I've got to run. Um, what is, what are the next steps for a fight like this? What what happens in the next few days? 
Uh, that depends entirely on uh, what goons do. There's a there's a thing like we expect goons to do something, and if they do that, then we'll just clear up the citadels that they dropped and see what they do next. If they decide to stick around, keep putting pressure on Cloud Ring, we're here, we're ready to defend it. Um, yeah, that's what about, really nothing that we can talk about because we about don't know. Looting the field, uh, does that you bring in freighters for that, or how does that happen? No, I'm, we're gonna leave this loot to Horde, they deserve it, they need the money more than we do. They're the new players, and uh, Horde did a really, really amazing job today forming up a uh, thousand something people, bringing 600 scorpions. Those were actually a really big deal. So, uh, we'll leave all the loot and everything to Horde. Well, speaking of large form ups, NC really delivered today. Yeah, NC, I think that was the biggest NC dot form up ever. Um, not a move up. So that's something. Definitely very proud of my guys as well. Yeah. Well, great job. Uh, you know, congratulations on the success and thanks for coming on INN. Talk about it a little bit. Yeah, thanks. Thanks. Uh, always like talking to you. All right, thanks. All right, I'm taking off, guys. I will see you later. Thanks. Take it easy. Yeah, I gotta say, Kel, it's honestly refreshing to hear to hear you say that you were legitimately excited and more excited than you've been in a long time. Say again. I gotta say, it's it's really refreshing to hear you say that you were more excited than you've been in a long time with Eve for this fight. Like, yeah, I mean, yeah, uh, like I said, it's definitely like these are the kind of fights I actually play for at this point. Like I've been, I've done everything and uh, seen most of the shit, but this is something that you don't do every day. And forming up, you know, your entire coalition, if you basically, you could say, I formed up five hundred, uh, five thousand people together with all our allies, and you know, uh, that was just a whole new level of seeing, sort of that rarely ever happens. Last time I did that kind of thing was during World War B and uh, I had a lot of fun back then and I had a lot of fun today even though the game itself was obviously kind of crappy but you know that's we all knew what we were getting ourselves into when we uh, started this kind of thing. So, I do have a small question for you Killa. Uh, how, how do you feel after the change um, from PL intensity dot like going into this battle even today? Um, I mean, I was really, I'm really, still really surprised by how much trust and how much, uh, how how well kind I am. I'm in, I'm in NC dot. I mean, I've only been in NC dot for like what three months now, and I basically formed up everything we have today, and everybody jumped and listened to me. Like I just told him, Vince wasn't like Vince was around, but Vince uh, recently moved houses, so he wasn't actually able to. Uh, to do much he was on comms listening and he was like advising me via like basically chatting with me on discord but he wasn't able to actually talk himself um but i had like full support from the entire leadership entire alliance to run this and uh i'm, I'm really glad that um i'm this welcome in terms of what changed like I, I don't think there's much difference i had all these i had i had all this freedom uh, in pl as well so yeah, I mean that's probably why I joined NC Dot because I knew in NC Dot I would have the same level of freedom to run the fleets and do the things the way I want, uh, the way the same way I had uh, them in NC uh, NPL. Sorry. Oh, that's awesome. Well, it sounds like you've definitely gotten into a little bit place where you're a little bit more happy about you know, what you're doing and where you are and whatnot. 
Yeah, it's definitely a very nice place to be. Must be a really intense feeling of uh, seeing a fleet like that. Like everything is on the line, you know, one mistake and... Yeah, that's why I kind of... I respect Progod, he's a, he's a good FC, um, but that's why I kind of don't really take the stuff he said in an article towards the end, like, serious. Tess doesn't even have this kind of forces available to them to put him on the line, and he criticizes us for us for not putting them on the line enough, in his opinion. I'm pretty sure if he was in my position, if he had these resources available to him to put on the line, he would have done basically everything the exact same way that I did. So it's I think it's kind of hypocritical, or what, how do you say that? Hippo? Yeah, hypocritical. Yeah, hypocritical to say like just go just go out there on a fuck uh, on the big like post in the public and call us out for being pussies when you don't like you can say that all he likes like he can say oh I would do it this way and that way the fact is he can't because his alliance isn't capable of fielding these kind of an hour to get back forces so he can talk about what he would do all day long but unless test ever reaches the status where they can actually do anything like this. He has no right to talk, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of that stuff going on today. I, I still have not gotten a chance to watch the uh, the video that was that he did an interview with with the uh, Canadian Broadcasting Company earlier yet, just to see what he said um, during that. But we are doing a, a it's kind of a wrap up of this of today's battle, guys and gals. If anybody that's just joining us or just coming back from a few hours. In uh, tie dye is has been dropping a bit. There is eighteen hundred seventy ish people and dropping still in the system. So there's a lot of activity still, but it's definitely going down by a lot. Evening guys, I just kind of slipped in. Uh, I'm Commander Ace from the Bastion uh, on the Imperium side. So welcome, welcome. I was finally able to log back in and extract. Yeah, we're extracting was, right now. It, it was so smooth to log back in then. Yeah, it was up to 35%. It's kind of get dipped back down, but it's kind of going back and forth as people jump in and out. I was actually yeah, finally but... able to move the camera around, which gave me a lot of pleasure to <laughs> be able to do because I was stuck in that static position for so long. Yeah, I imagine you were pretty curious about what was going on from different angles. Yeah, from this perspective, you can really you can really see the amount of DPS that never actually made it to the Keepstar, and that was maybe a fifth of the possible DPS because we had maybe one of five tubes launching in each super. Yeah, that's what we were hearing a lot of. Is it was just a lot of the uh, the failed tubes not being able to fire those fighters or anything, which was kind of a big thing. I mean, we see, see like just like we mentioned, there's a ton on field that just never made it. Even some that were just getting launched, it looked like. But uh, you could definitely see where it got really thin, and then it kind of came back when we were, when they were able to uh, get some of those out there. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, what we're looking at there, too, and, and for the people watching the stream, that massive swath of blue fighters is worth probably 25 30 billion in total and it's just sitting out there because we just abandoned them on our way out 
I can imagine. Yeah, that's gonna be a, a big money maker or you know prize, I guess, so to speak, for anybody that goes and picks that up later. Um, I, I wouldn't say Imperium One. The Keepstar still is there. It got repaired. It was able to repair because there wasn't any able, enough DPS able to get onto the Keepstar uh, to be able to go and uh, keep the timer going. At one point in time, we did. We we thought at one point in time it was actually going to keep going because it was it was going down at a pretty steady rate and it looked like it was actually hitting damage cap uh, to some degree. And then uh, yeah, then you started seeing the kind of flicker of repair happen a couple times, and then it finally just went into full repair and nobody could stop it at that point. really a shame given the hype oh yeah i mean I, I think most people were really thinking it was going to go today just based on the uh the amount of talk that was going on for it but i mean either way it's it was it's content to eve it definitely brings a lot of uh people back and more people got eyes on it looking at it checking it out doing that thing you know so it's definitely it's really cool well, I mean, it wasn't a blue ball. I mean, I, I guess I'm not quite sure what people what people were expecting. I mean, it, it sort of went down the way that um, the well, the way that it was going to go down. I mean, you know, given the tactic that was used, given given the number of people that were there and the level of tie dye, which we always know something is going to break, something is going to go wrong. I mean, what, you know, whether it be bringing dreadnoughts in and guns not firing. Or stuck in siege mode or whatever the things have been over the years when we pile so many people into the system oh yeah and that's definitely a, a big point like uh, every every big uh, tie-dye fest there's always something that happens um, Man, one know, of them i can remember even from a few years ago like we just couldn't get guns to fire they were sitting in an infinite loop for an hour at a time I mean, what other game does something like this happen in, though? You know, like, I, I can't think of a single one where a fight on this scale, you know, with, with this much going on, with this many things to keep track of, where the server actually stays online, let alone is just laggy. I think one of the interesting things to note is the amount of value that was on grid versus the amount of value that actually died really wasn't that high compared to what could have happened. Oh yeah, definitely. It definitely could have changed a lot. Like, it could have been a lot worse. But that was also another thing, too, is uh, from my understanding, from what we could see, we didn't see uh, Imperium Titans come in. It was just the super carriers and carriers and faxes. I mean, you know, the thing out there, yeah. you, you know, and again, I just want to say this again, you know, stop defending CCP ship mechanics. CCP gives a number of mechanics that a lot of these people in this game know really, really well, okay? Especially the people that are planning these things know really, really well. They know what the limitations are that they're working in. I personally kind of have a bone to pick with the five-minute, uh, or rather the short windows in tie-dye. I really don't like that. I mean... Granted, of course, you know, I, I, I'm on the, I don't want to say losing side, but, you know, it, that's the truth. And a longer window definitely would have benefited us. But it, it just it just doesn't seem right that when you're moving so slowly, that one tiny little mistake, you just lose your window completely. And then it's back to waiting.
it is it is actually pretty short of a window too. Like you have to be prepped, you have to be ready way ahead of time in order to actually make the window happen. And then like we saw on the stream, you know, we actually had to use the subcap fleets to kind of sacrifice uh, themselves to hold the timer until the bombers could land. And that was even with getting onto grid almost an hour ahead of time. Yeah, that was definitely a big turn on it too. But I mean, the thing with the uh, the thing with the Imperium not dropping the Titans, there really wasn't strategically a good time to do that for them, and it really wouldn't have made any sense for them to to come onto grid with most of their assistance being, or most of the fleets being off on on different stations. It just tactically speaking, it wouldn't have been a good idea to drop them anywhere. Unless oh, something no. had misdropped, like you know, like Killaby was saying, had we have misdropped and had you know fifty Nixes jump to the wrong Sino, then that could have changed things pretty dramatically. Oh, definitely, yeah. I mean, at that, even during the stream, we couldn't see any opportunity that it would that would have been a good, you know, point in time that it would have happened or been a good time to happen. I'll be the so first they, one to say I was sitting in my avatar waiting to jump. Uh, I got real, real, really thrilled when I finally got to jump my Aeon in. But uh, uh, you know, I, I, the whole time I was watching, I couldn't see any strategical advantage to dropping the avatars. And just an update: it looks like tie dye has cleared up temporarily for just a moment, and it's coming creeping back just a bit. But uh, it's definitely clearing up enough to where people actually move around and do their thing. I gotta head out, guys. Have a good one. I'll talk right, to you kill. later. Thank you so much Thank for joining you. us. Easy so definitely, today was a great time. Uh, guys and gals, it looks like everything is kind of wrapping up. Everybody's extracting currently. Um, I don't know if you guys want to still hang around and uh, check out kind of everything that's going on currently. I can move around the camera and check it out. You know, check out anything you guys want to see on screen now that I actually can <laughs> versus earlier we could not. It would look like the, the Northern Forces won, uh, Milesa. Looking at all the early battle reports, um, and I know this was brought up earlier as well, it's kind of surprising how how little damage was actually done to either side. Like I, I expected this, I expected a lot more ships to just outright die completely, but it, it just didn't happen. Oh yeah, I mean there's definitely a lot of Max and Jackdaws lost, but those are Pretty minimal compared to everything else that was on field. Uh, MNA, the cap, we broke the new record for EVE uh, for most players in a single system. It capped out at just a little over 6,000. I mean, I don't know how many subcaps that I haven't seen the I haven't seen the report yet, right? But I mean, they they were right down there in the face, so they were they were battling it out. You know, I think there was some material and material fights and jackdaws and jackdaws and things like that, right? Um, all of the capitals and super capitals were pretty much in places where once they disengaged, right? If they were to have abandoned their fighters or or let their timers run down, right? They would have just tethered back up. So those two fleets really didn't get in each other's faces because. Really, you you had what appeared to be the North, right, defanging 
the incoming DPS that was there, coupled with tie-dye, that was also taking an effect on the ability to either reload fighters or get more fighters out there across a thousand kilometers in tie-dye. That was definitely big, too. What was the equivalent real-time to... Re you know, at, one point, uh, at one point, Elise was talking about uh, somebody who was, who was uh, uh, popping boosts out there, and I think he said something about, like, at that point, like 21 minutes or 25 minutes or something like that. And that was several hours into <laughs> into what we were doing. You could really get a strong feel for how potent Tide is watching those fighters just take several hours to move from carriers to the Keepstar. And it looks like they were actually poking up against uh, the Fortizar down here because it actually had taken some damage. It's in 11 minutes in repair. And obviously, I, you know, I think things, you know, think things will, be, you know, be learned from this. I mean, you know, I remember down in BTAC R, you know, one of the reasons why they didn't, uh, you know, have subcap fleets that were coming in there because obviously the CSC at that time had a number of subcap fleets that were around. They sent them off to staging systems to try and slow down other groups rather than bring them into the fight, right? Because they, Laz's plan was basically don't bring them in and tie up this system more than, more than what is necessary. Oh, yeah. And I'm actually surprised some of those same tactics weren't even used today unless that had happened and we just couldn't see it or hear about it yet. Uh, the other thing to note is with those other fleets, they're actually clearing supply lines to make sure that we could run in additional fighters and run in additional fleets or reinforcements to those fleets. So they they didn't just leave and, and sit there uh, and they didn't have to sit in the time dilation for the whole time, which is kind of nice. Oh yeah, definitely. I forget. I forget who made mention of it. It was one of the uh, one of the Imperium guys. I think that that you know kind of knew more about you know what the plan was and everything. If it helped for all, I know it may have been the Matani who said it. Um, you know, there there was plenty of resupply for fighters. Like obviously, obviously they knew that they were going to be you know shitting away fighters bombers out there and everything, right? And they had plenty to be able to resupply with, um, but. That isn't even where it came down to, right? Because even trying to resupply those, get them loaded into bays that maybe weren't working, and then get them across a thousand kilometers of space. Time, time is the killer. Yeah, it was it was pretty rough. I know we had uh, ballpark about one hundred and fifty thousand extra uh, fighters uh, in staging, uh, ready to come out to the fight, but because uh, I mean we were committed to be there for until downtime, which would have been several hours from now. But, you know, with, uh, I know for my Aeon, I launched a single set over the course of the whole fight um, out of five possible sets. Only one actually launched, and it was unfortunate, but um, I actually just appreciate the opportunity to actually get the fight. Yeah, and, and my apologies if, if I'm not making some sense. And somebody said, I've got like three different channels going on in my head right now. So it's kind of like when somebody starts talking, all of a sudden my brain starts moving in a different direction sometimes. I think ultimately where I just come down in tie-dye fights like this, right? And there really is nothing like this. Um, I think that this is the biggest one that we have seen using these mechanics in terms of, in terms of 
massive numbers of, of fighter bombers and things like that, right, with this standoff sort of fighter bomber approach. It, it, it's tie-dye. We, we know what it is. We know that it's going to take much more time. We know that we're beating the clock on, or, or having to beat the clock on DPS. This particular maneuver didn't work today. No, no, it definitely didn't. So we were just checking and, out. There's and the other there. side, the other side apparently did a good job of defense. You know, take out the part about you know the the, the tubes not reloading, right? Because yeah, heck, I don't even know if in this tie dye, if you had been able to reload your tubes and launch more fighters and somehow try and get them across that expanse that we saw early on in this when they were launched, right? Where you know, it was taking a long time to get across. I'm not sure that those would have you know would have worked. And you know, and therefore, what do you do? You drop your fleet down face front on you know on that thing in order to be able to get your your fighter bombers to it faster, or you're dropping titans down. Well, then you get into the whole question of what a lot of people talk about out there is: was it even worth it? In the you know, it, would it even be worth it in the first place to put yourself in that vulnerable position over this particular target? Back in the day, we didn't, you know, we didn't used to undock at times because somebody would count up the number of Lodgy on the other side and say, we don't have enough DPS to break them. So therefore, you know, don't undock. Oh, I remember those days too. <laughs> uh, what you guys are looking at is actually kind of like the after battle of the uh, 9-Tech-4 RP2 battle the keepsar itself has repaired it's it's already done and uh finished up but this is kind of like the post battle report kind of talking about what what had happened throughout throughout the day some of the issues uh people had experiencing with tie-dye um the new record that uh, eve online hit for most players in a single system um nc dot and or the north actually did deploy titans and supers along with the various yeah. other runner fleets I think you know, I think they deployed some of them. Some of them were sitting up there, you know, uh, obviously within that, within the uprights of the Keepstar. Um, I believe, my understanding, anyways, was that there were some Imperium Titans that were within the system. Um, but I, look, both sides. I mean, there was still an incredible amount of hardware that was sitting outside of that system. There was an incredible amount of hardware that I think made attempts to jump into that system, and not all of it made it in without, you know, without. Um, um, you know, basically, uh, you know, losing connection. I know I, I, I was 15 minutes, 20 minutes in, in the jump tunnel coming in and uh, never made it in and then spent the next two hours trying to log in and couldn't get, couldn't get in. Yeah, that was kind of like the never-ending story today with the tie-dye. It's, it's, I don't think, I, like I had mentioned earlier, I don't think I've ever seen it this bad before uh, a lot of people had mentioned like you know you could get logged out or crash or something or another but you were always able usually to get in within at least 20 30 minutes but today was actually the first time i think a lot of people have seen it where it's been hours long to get back in and you know, or being denied you know, you know you know which was kind of weird in a way because um you know as you saw the numbers going down in there right i mean there were disconnects of people who were already in system and then you had people who were jumping in and and not making it or at least not making uh, when I did go to relog back in, I saw that I was in nine tac four, but obviously couldn't actually get logged into the thing. Um, um, you know, so so you had the combination of both of those. Yet the numbers continued to go down, right? So it wasn't like like, it, and it got down to I don't know what was it like thirty five hundred or something like that. Yeah. Um, well the, below what was causing it any real issues in the beginning. So I mean, it, 
it's almost like it was struggling and then got tired and couldn't even do what it was doing earlier in the match. Yeah, like with 3,500 people early on in the day, it definitely wasn't that bad. It's only when it got up to like the 4.5 and beyond uh, K players in the single system is when it really started to chug. But at the 3,500 mark early on in the day, it was not like that. Well, you know, you know, some people out there, and I'm just going to go to uh, Liradudu, uh said 5K fights are not viable at all. Spread your pressure points so you avoid cancer tie-dye fights. Well, that was part of the idea behind Fozzysog, right? was spreading out these battles across, you know, spreading out the contesting of at least sovereignty in that case, uh, iHub stations and things like that, um, across a constellation rather than having single point of battle at a single point in time that then results in everybody dumping everything into one place all at once. Now, obviously people have their problems with Fozzie Sob, you know, because of just, you know, whether it be Sob wanding or whatever the heck it is, right? But that was part of their thinking was that these things were all coming down to, you know, just single point in time, single location, bam, too big for everything based on how much we would bring to it or how much we were capable of bringing to it. Oh, exactly. And we're still, uh, it looks like tie-dye has actually alleviated all, all the way and we're seeing everything in pretty much real time now. I think it's just, I think a lot of the uh, capitals that are still down on the uh, bottom left side there are waiting for that Fort Azar to repair. So the other part about kind of spreading things out is in these fights, I mean, we show the, the big, you know, the, the mass battle where there's, you know, 6,000 people in system. But in all of the surrounding systems, there are engagements happening of fleets trying to prevent reinforcements from, from every direction from either side. Uh, so there is a lot of that spreading out going on, and those battles are not insignificant. There's a couple of battle reports out there for almost 30, 40 billion-esque losses in the surrounding systems. As somebody was asking a question earlier, is, was there any Noctuses on field? Now we have officially seen one Noctus on the field. That's it? Yeah, just one. I was like, just one? Really? Just, that's it? How many mobile tractor units That guy's going to make bank. <laughs> nah, no kidding. Uh, I haven't seen any of those yet. They're not on my overview at all. So the initial battle report for this is showing at about 376 uh, billion esque lost uh, combined between both sides. Uh, I don't have a isolated one down to which side lost how much. It was. It looked like it was fairly marginal on on the northern side, um, and obviously the you know a big chunk of what was lost on on the Imperium side were those four Nixes that jumped to that you know boss sign up. Yeah, if those hadn't been there, that might be a, a, a lot different side of, or size of a battle report for sure. Because a lot of those losses today were a lot more smaller stuff, or a lot of smaller stuff than fighters. Yeah, so those super caps that died, the, the Nixes, were worth about a total of 127 billion-esque. Uh, so it was a pretty substantial loss. I mean, that's a, a large fight normally for us. Oh, yeah. It looks like we have less than a minute on the uh, Fortizar timer on the bottom left here. Which is pretty much what we're watching out for at this time. 
I mean, I can't sit there and say that this sucked. You know, I, I'm sorry. I, you know, I've, I've, I've been in these tie dye fights before, whether it was BTAC R or six VDT or, or what have you. And, and they are not necessarily the most enjoyable thing in the world at the moment that it's going on, but they're still the fights that we talk about because of whatever consequence was related to it. I'm quite certain that the people from the North maybe didn't have the most enjoyable time of their lives, but they have a much more upbeat, um, you know, sort of, sort of feeling over it. Right. This is kind of Eve. I mean, yeah, yeah, you know, it's like love it or, you know, love it or hate it. Um, you know, you know, this is sort of what we make out of it. Oh, exactly. And I, and like I said earlier, it was, it's something that everybody was really excited about just because it's content. Like we don't care who wins or loses. Some people really don't care. I mean, a lot of people out there really do, but to a lot of players that have been here for a long time, grinding, you know, getting their, their first carrier or their first fax or even super, or even just being on a fleet, being in a new player, like it's content. Like that's one of the biggest things that people like to do in this game. It's the stories that are created out of it too. I mean, even the uh, the spy uh, Sino that got those four Nixes killed. I mean, that's a part of the bigger part of the story that happened today. Along with the PDS shooting out uh, <laughs> allied forces from the Keepstar, which was also another really big one. Yeah, that was an interesting turn of events. Yeah, because at one point in time we were we were sitting there talking about it, and I said, "Hey, wait, guys, we're not seeing a whole lot of stuff on the bottom right like we were before. What happened there?" And then uh, it was confirmed that a lot of the Griffins and even um, air superiority fighters were killed off when the the point defense system went off. And apparently, it was clicked by accident, according to uh, the sources that were saying it in, in chat. It would be interesting to know the the combined forces that were that were arrayed out there uh whether whether in system as well as you know those that were staged waiting for one side or the other to make a move that they think that they could have capitalized on right um i would say that it from the different reports at least that were coming through you know coming through here that were being reported of numbers in staging systems and things like that right um it seemed fairly fairly even and if you're talking about an uh, an even up fight, right, where forces on both sides are pretty much equal in terms of the number of super capitals and and everything else that they're bringing, right? Uh, what do you think the outcome should be on a battle against the largest structure in the game, given what you know, given what you know to be the 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 tie dye and timer combination that's also mixed into that? Oh yeah, I mean you you definitely see the difference in even if you have an even force that Keepstar really is kind of like the tilting force of that whole thing even if they don't use every feature they've got on it like the points defense system which actually works worked against them in their, uh, today but uh, even I don't even know how many times the doomsday was able to get off because the uh, the graphics on potato mode really doesn't allow you to see it I can remember two doomsdays getting fired I know the first one hit a hit the material fleet um, I don't know where the second one hit, though. Yeah, I didn't hear where the second one hit. We only heard about the first one going off of the Macario fleet, but after that, I, I hadn't even heard of what what or when it went off. Even the PDS, when it went off, we didn't even get to see it because we were just far enough away where it was graphically out of, the, out of view. So some additional numbers. Uh, 113 billion-esque fighters of various types were destroyed so far. That's just what the uh, uh, what the kill boards are reading so far. Yeah, I'm sure a lot of that's still processing too. I mean, it's got to be pretty behind still from all the tie dye today. 
Oh god, yeah. I just got a kill mail um, about two minutes ago, so it's still processing. And I've been off grid for almost an hour. Oh wow, yeah. So that's definitely still processing quite a bit. A lot of people have been asking um, the U.S. dollar equivalent of the amount of this loss if you were to convert it to flex. So far, it's somewhere around thirty-five hundred to four thousand dollars, with a lot pending. Yeah, yeah, that that sounds a lot more accurate. Definitely not near the uh, the one million that was advertised in all these sites today. As far as what was at risk, you know, that number is obviously several hundred orders of magnitude more than what could have oh, actually died here. That's what the um, Metal was talking about earlier. If everybody had committed, and we had been in this system, and say everything in the system itself was lost, it might have been close to four, maybe five hundred k, maybe even a little bit more, depending on what the actual number ended up being. So I actually ran the numbers just on the um, just on the Imperium Titan fleet uh, that was in waiting. Just we never actually got to drop in. Uh, we were looking at about two hundred and seventy thousand dollars worth of uh, super capital and Titans that never entered grid. So yeah, there you go. And then I know uh, NC Forces had a relative similar number. I don't know if all of them had made it on field. I know one of a smaller fleet made it in, but beyond that, we weren't able to see if any more had landed at that point. No, no, yeah, like, the, the Imperium Titans never got to come in. The Supers, Supers and Capitals got to drop in, but the Titans were never able, were never called in. Yeah, and tactically speaking, it wouldn't have made any sense based on where the rest of our fleets were located and the kind of operational effectiveness of a Titan with the range that they have. Oh, definitely. Yeah, there's still... Quite a bit still trying to get out of here, it looks like. I'm just go ahead and take a look closer. As the uh, as everybody's trying to get off grid on this fight, the other thing to note is all of these super caps and titans and capital ships all have to jump out and they all have to use fuel. So the cost of this extraction alone is pretty significant, and then we've all got to make our way back to where wherever we're going. So this is this is a very costly endeavor from both sides just to get ships in position um, and to jump all of these back is going to cost probably 150 billion isk worth of fuel. Oh, close to, yeah. For both sides. Yeah, I don't particularly agree with Prograd's number, but if, it, if this did turn into a full throwdown, the number would have been a lot closer. What he was throwing out? Oh, absolutely. Had had that had that trick Sino have worked better than it did, we would have been forced to come in to help them, and that would have brought in the entire Titan fleet, the entire Supercap fleet, the um, the entire Force Auxiliary fleet, all of the dreadnoughts that never dropped. You know, it would have been just an epic, epic fight. Um, and not to say that, that the fight that happened wasn't epic, because, I mean, we saw a lot of money die, but uh, uh, it, it, was, it was interesting in its own right. There's some uh, other uh, math we can do here, which is how many people called off work and how much economic damage did that do? I bet you that number is a lot closer to a million. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, so I, there, was a, there, was an, there was an X-up in... 
one of the channels for uh, for Goon Swarm um, or for the Imperium that asked how many people either took the day off or were sick. It had to be 90 to 100 people long at least. And those are just the people that know about that channel or, or access that channel on a regular basis. Oh yeah, and there was a, there was quite a few people even in Twitch chat when we asked a few times throughout the stream today that had actually hexed up too. So it was it was definitely quite a bit. Yeah, I know I was personally I was teleworking today, so I was able to get out right at the end of work and and get in fleet on time. But uh, it was. Uh, whew. Yeah, and again, guys and gals, this is kind of just the post-battle report. We're just kind of watching everything kind of wind down today. We're under 1,000 people in local now. Everybody is kind of getting off-grid. We do see a lot of uh, battleships actually still here with a few mixed uh, capitals. It looks like people that are just logging back in still from the disconnects earlier today. Yeah, like there's still quite a bit of Imperium forces still here. Um, Northern forces look like they've kind of all but gone except for one small fleet. There are actually two small fleets and then the rest of the capitals that are there. Let's see if we can squeeze closer and see what's up here. Uh, Zakate Jack, uh, uh, what is it? Zakate Kenjack? Uh, I don't know if I'm reading that right. Anyways, I uh, said, so how long will it take both sides to make up from the losses from this? I mean, quite you know, quite honestly, given the level of even what was just in system, right? Uh, if what you're talking about are losses that are that are half a trillion or less in total, and let's say that 350 billion of that was was the Imperium's, not very long. Tomorrow, probably. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it's it's just. We've seen we've seen bigger losses out there from much smaller um, smaller engagements engagements right. Not just with us. I'm talking about like you know recent battles that have happened over in the drone regions or or you know out in the east and places. Yeah, and I mean what what we saw here was two super cap fleets engaging, but not actually committing to killing each other. Uh, if they were committing to kill each other, they would have they would have dropped on each other. And it would have been an all-out brawl, um, but there was no attempt at that, and that was that kind of made things a little on the interesting part. Um, it plays more; it played more on tactics on that for sure. I mean, how? I mean, uh, the plan was simple, but how they executed it was obviously a challenge, uh, mostly because of the uh, how the tie, how tie-dye affected it so much today. I don't know, so I don't think we have too much left today. Um, we're still, actually, just broke over a thousand again for people coming back in system. Um, we can see actually what, I have an overview there actually to see what capitals are in here left. Let's, let's check that out. So there's actually not a whole lot. Um, overall capitals, there's about 12 left, and it's uh, mostly um, NC dot and darkness, and a little bit of, a little bit of everybody, mostly NC dot though. 
This is one one Titan on grid. Uh, two super carriers. And we got quite a bit of um, subcaps still on, on grid. Part of me is wondering if they're going to scoop the abandoned fighters or if they're going to kill them for the kill mails. And there's still quite a bit, like a majority of these people still in system are all in uh, subcaps. Yeah. Will there be a refight and revenge? Um, we have we had to see. Um, nobody, none of the leaders that were here today at, on the show earlier uh, revealed much of that. Uh, but there is a, a few indications that they may come back for this this keep start here this weekend uh, when it comes out. It looks like Saturday it comes out around the same time that it started today, or ended today. I'm sorry. Or just wait until February 13th and it'll be vulnerable all the time. <laughs> yeah. Then we have all these weird uh, things to figure out when the timer actually is. How did the fighting play out in this game? Or how does the fighting play out? It's, it's a lot of different ways. This is uh, very large blob mechanics and uh, time dilation, which is uh, where the server runs at 10% or as low as 10% capacity at normal speed. Uh, we do have a little bit of the stuff that we've talked about already, uh, Clear Evergreen. Uh, where we've talked about the fight kind of kicking off. The initial big kickoff is when everybody started warping in, and it was about close to about 1,500 people in local. Um, we had a spy, a Sino, that got lit in the Imperium side. Uh, lit a Sino on top of the Keep Star that allowed four uh, Nixes to accidentally jump to that target, or weren't paying attention and jump to that target, and lost four Nixes right from the get-go of the battle. And then the battle kind of pursued from there. Um, Imperium... Uh, fighters could not make it there in time at, at the initial start of it, at least we couldn't see from how heavy tie-dye was. Uh, then we got a few subcap, Imperium got a few subcap fleeps on grid uh, that actually did just enough damage to hold off until the fighter uh, fighter bombers and fighters got there. And then from there on it was basically a slug quest back and forth uh, for the fighters and other fleets taking out everything. And one of the other big events that had happened was the point defense system on the Horde Keepstar went off and killed uh, an entire Griffin fleet, plus a lot of the air superiority fighters on their side. So there's quite a bit that went on, and then from there on it was just basically a slugfest, trying to get rid of all the fighters and fighter bombers and whatnot, uh, grinding down until they basically couldn't get any more, Imperium forces could not get any more uh, damage, or enough damage on the uh, Keepstar to continue the assault on it, and then it was uh, actually repaired just that long. Ugh, sorry. Not long after that. Um, there's not a whole lot of action left. Um, this is mostly just all the fighters that are on grid. There's like the fights itself. Most of them are all in little blobs, uh, collecting stuff here and there. 
Um, there's a couple mobile depots on, on grid, but most of the stuff is just people collecting items for the most part. I mean, all this stuff right here is fighter bombers up until you get down to the Citadel or the Fortizar down on the bottom left. Then you have a few subcap fleets uh, and capital still sitting here. So let's work our way up. So we have a little fighter uh, scepter fleet here. Not a whole lot going on in terms of like actual fighting or anything. It's a lot of it is just coming around. Uh, we have a lot of uh, items still docked up here, including uh, drones and everything that are still holding out. So there's just not a whole lot. It's just mostly drones and whatnot that are still on the field. Uh, but it's not the blue drops retreating. It's just the fighters that were abandoned in uh, in system. They could not keep enough damage onto it uh, due to some the the tie dye mess ups today, uh, and they the keeps are repaired itself. We did have a couple cool reports today from CCP Falcon himself. Uh, we did, for one, hit an all-time record for most players in a single system. A little over, uh, just broke a little over six thousand members or players in in system or accounts, I should say. Probably wait until they wait ones. until they aggregate the surrounding areas. Oh yeah, there's gonna be a lot of stuff coming from that at least. Yeah, that number is gonna go way. I think in the stagings alone, we probably double that number at least. Oh, definitely. Yeah, when you start seeing the YouTube videos in real time, that's that that was actually another question that was brought to CCP uh, Falcon today. Is like, is there a mechanic on their end that they use to go and see a battle on full time? He says we could probably recreate it just because they gather every single log of every transaction that happened, including the disconnects and crashes. So that's also something they could probably do in the future. I don't know if it's quite available yet. Yeah, and the local here at 9-Tech-4 is just under uh, 760 and dropping. So everybody's just kind of bailing out and doing their thing today. And I definitely want to thank everybody for hanging out, uh, coming to the show today. Uh, all the tips, highlights, feedback. Uh, it's definitely made made the day pretty awesome. Something that was a little interesting about this, usually in the lead-up to fights of this scale, um, the mud throwing is a lot worse than it really was. Like, I expected it to be way more intense than what we saw. Like, it, it was almost like a quiet respect between both parties. Like, no one was really kind of digging at each other as much as, as much as we're used to lately. I think it's partly because the... Uh... I guess the teeth haven't been there quite like they used to be in the old Eve War days. I mean, when we had wars basically every quarter of the year, and they would last for close to a month each, it was it was a much different uh, style of you know dung throwing, and the propaganda definitely got worse. But I mean, since this was just more of a fight to take out a Keepstar, as Matani had said, 
it wasn't really quite like a northern invasion or anything like that, so that that kind of portion of it hasn't really fired up because of it. I wonder if a lot of it has to do with the fact that a lot of people just simply know each other now. Like, I mean, everyone's been going to FanFest and all these other things for years and years and years now. Like, I'm sure leadership is friends with each other, at least in, uh, you know, at least in real life. Oh, yeah. I mean, even even in E-Vegas this past year, uh, in 2017, it was fantastic. I mean, you still got to rub shoulders base with just about everybody from all kinds of different, you know, walks of life and even alliances and coalitions, etc. Uh, there was no actual war. This is, uh, as clarified today, that it was actually more of a fight just to take out this Keepstar because it was a two forward of an operating base. Um, the real goal for the Imperium was actually just to take out this Keepstar. It wasn't, there was not a clear goal to actually invade the North, as they mentioned on the meta show this past Saturday. Uh, Messi Nisi, there is no such thing as uh, taking over it unless it was actually transferred. In this case, they were trying to kill it and remove it. Kerbal dude, if what if all coalitions became friends? Uh, then you'd have you'd make for a very boring game. I do laugh at the uh, miniature Eiffel Tower made in cans above the uh, Keepstar. That was kind of a funny little touch today. That actually came up before I even went live t this morning. Yeah, so the stream itself, guys and gals, has actually been live for 10 hours and 3 minutes according to the uh, upcap up thing. It's pretty crazy. Oh yeah, and that, that's a great thing too. I mean, like we we've mentioned earlier today too, is it's great for just content in general. I mean, it got people excited to be actually be, be able to go out and do something and use their big toys and actually like have the expectation, hey, well, we're actually going to probably get to use this stuff. Except for the Titan pilots, I apologize. Like they didn't get to come in for the, on the Imperium side today, but the Super pilots did. Uh, the Keepstar did not get destroyed today, actually repaired. So anyone that's currently just joining us, we're just kind of doing a post-battle report of what happened here in Nitec 4 today. Most of us just talk after the battle, there's no tie-dye, uh, we're under uh, 800 or 725 people and dropping still. Uh, Narca, yes, Imperium lost the battle unfortunately. Unfortunately. You don't know who they what are. Do you, what do you <laughs> mean unfortunately? Like, yeah. They may be like, fuck yeah. It just means now we have to come back and have more content. Well, that is that is true, too. I mean, it's yeah, that's true. It's not unfortunate. It's, just, it's like, okay, yeah, we're going to have more content now. So a lot more of these things coming up. Now, I, for one, am excited to uh, not be able to log in. It's definitely unfortunate. For everybody, of course. 
See, what everybody do, should do is just, you know, sit there and go, you're going to bring 5,000? Well, we're going to bring 5,000. Well, you know what? We're just going to have to agree to, uh, you know, have like a 100-man versus a 100-man champion fight or something like that. Like one bring out your one best pilots? Seven, yeah, 1v1 at this side. Or the Keepstar in frigates. Who's bringing the mountain? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it definitely could be a lot there. Jeez, you fire sales. It's certainly winding down, though. According to some initial reports, the Nixes that were lost have already been reshipped. According to initial reports, aren't those, all, aren't, there, aren't those initial reports that immediately come out after the after the lost milk is <laughs> it's, processed? It's, it's always hashtag I'm already replaced. Fairly, all yeah, I was really certain right. they had Nixes queued up before they died. Those are going down. Better get some new I ones. I can tell you the ones I had up for sale are now sold. Well, there you go. So that's, uh, that's definitely some information right there. What's even still on the field here? Just some battleships and stuff? Are those carriers still keeping around? Uh, mostly subcaps right now. Uh, there's a lot of subcaps left. Let's see actually if there's any uh, capitals themselves. So, yeah, I feel still like you could actually few. manipulate the camera now. Yeah, I know. It's 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 a blessing because I was able to had to stick in a static, uh, crappy pose from earlier in the day because I was really afraid to uh, have the client crash on me and not be able to get back in. We'd have to shut the stream down early. So that was my real big worry today. That was going to happen. So I didn't touch the, uh, I didn't touch the client at all today hardly. you zoom in on the leading edge of the, the fighter swarm there and see if they're actually killing them or if they're scooping them? I can't quite tell. It looks like they're killing them. A few of them look like they're killing them. So they're just trying to get the kill mails for them instead of uh, trying to collect them. Interesting. can't track to those with like a rotable, can you? <laughs> no. uh, you'd have to warp to each individual one. <laughs> A yeah, lot of lonely lot of fighters. They've done a lot of cleanup so far because there's a, like about half of that's already gone. So the Noctis has finally showed up. Yep. Yeah, they are. They are actually just killing them. It's kind of surprising because there's a lot of T2 uh, fighters out there and they're worth a lot of money. Oh yeah. But it's either they get the money or they they get the money on the killboard, which for some people they will they just want the killboard mark instead. Yeah. The interesting part to this is, you know, I mean, this is just the cleanup at this point, but uh, there, there was just the clear decision to just say whatever's on grid, just abandon it. Doesn't matter. We're just gonna take the ships and go. I'm pretty sure there's still SRP for that, right? For fighters and whatnot. Um, I mean, I'm not for yeah. my guys, but uh, I don't know if there is for brothers in fact actually with this with everything kind of calmed down under a thousand I could probably actually turn the graphics back up and actually look, make it look pretty again
North one rear. And watch my client crashes this time. Because I tried to do it. Oh, no, it actually loaded. Oh, my God. What did you do? Did you ever put your graphics back up? Yeah, I put my graphics back on. <laughs> Took it out Silly of the man. This is going to be when it crashes. That's what I was kind of half expecting. I'm like, under a thousand? Let's see. Looks like it's holding up pretty well. Much better to look at, too. Oh, yeah, and that's exactly what I wanted to do, since we have quite a few people still watching. I'd rather give them a better experience instead of looking at the potato mode, which looks like garbage. Now, you know, here's a question I'll throw out to the audience. Yeah, um, obviously, we've been streaming. My God, what time did Matterell and I go on this afternoon? Uh, the stream like, itself has been live for Eastern time? ten hours and three minutes, or ten hours and ten minutes now. Yeah, I think, I think Matterall and I came on at about two p.m. Eastern time, so it's a little over a little over eight hours now for that. Um, Obviously, you know, we tried to have people on who were talking about this and some, you know, things related to this. Uh, what did everybody think about sort of just the the coverage, let's call it? I mean, regardless of what you think about tie-dye mechanics or how this ended up or anything like that, you know, did you think that there were people on there that were able to communicate effectively and provide some conversation? Yeah, if you guys were happy about it, we always love to hear feedback. Um, I'm going to put a poll here in chat. Uh, we definitely appreciate your guys' feedback. We always want to improve and bring the best experience possible to you folks. I, for one, would have liked to have seen some graph rage at some point. There was a lot of people really wanting to see that initially when he first came in. Yep. I didn't want a lot, just like a touch of it. Just like a little bit. No, I mean, it's just sort of some things that you kind of expect, right? Yeah, you, you you want Grath to rage about something. You want boat. You want boat to go crazy. Hey, maybe if you get both boat and Grath in a room, you can get a fight together. I don't think you'll uh, ever get those two in a room ever again. I mean, I was kind of hoping it blew up personally, but I love chaos. Well, especially since boat did actually show up twice today, and he he was in there in chat for I don't know maybe fifteen twenty minutes at a time. I mean, there was a lot of backhanded like low key comments being thrown around. But, uh, I mean, all in all, everybody kept their, their cool. Yeah, you know, I think with uh, early on, we had, I think, way more people who were either associated with the North or, or neutral in some way or another than we did uh, members, of, you know, members of the Imperium. Um, it, was a little, it was a little bit weighted in that direction. But, um, you know, I think everybody, you know, had, had a little something to add at some point or another. Billy, I think, did a great job with analyzing things, uh, you know, as he does. And... Uh, I mean, any anytime we can get people on where they're actually having conversation and not just tossing shit at one another, I think is uh, you know is pretty good in situations like this. One of the viewers actually requested to see a ship, so I zoomed in on a uh, an Imperium Nidhogger. It's a carrier class ship. What's that still doing there? It's kind of what I was wondering. Looks a lot like my Nidhogger. A lot like mine too, coincidentally. Weird. You must shop at the same ship store as me.
Well, I for one know I'm burnt out, so I'm going to be heading to bed. I will catch you guys later. All right. Take it easy, friend. Uh, and you know what? Um, believe me, you know, having done open comms as long as I have, shit tossing is great. And sometimes I really love those things. But when you've got like 10 or 12 people in channel that are talking about this event that's going on, probably just not the best time. Hey, Manorall certainly did a lot more there. Uh, you, you know, luckily, I, I think he was just flying a Titan, and he was already kind of uh, kind of preset. I had a little move I had to make with my super, and then I had another uh, an apostle going and whatnot. So every once in a while, I had to actually focus on fleet because you know you just don't want to be that guy. You don't want to be that Aeon that warps in. <laughs> So again, for anybody that's just joining us or coming in or anything like that, uh, we are just kind of doing a post-battle report. We're just kind of hanging out, kind of seeing what's happening uh, post-battle today for the uh, 9 tac 4 RP2. Uh, just an update, the Keepstar that was under siege uh, was able to repair today. So it is out and in safety still currently until Saturday. How many materials were lost on lost on each side. I think at one point the two Macario fleets kind of came came together there. Oh yeah, they definitely did. And I know there was one of them that actually warped down to the capitals too. And those didn't stay on grid very long. Not in terms of like they died, they they warped off. Yes, grass uh grass rage after that revenant loss is still one of the uh... It's still, still, still one of the uh, the rage moments that I remembered. And in, in, in Jeff Raider's comment in there about playing chivalry. Oh yeah, and if anybody didn't know too, the uh, Imperium News, uh, the Twitch here is actually a multi-streamer, multi-talk show channel. So if you guys want to watch awesome gameplay from different variety streamers. As well as four of our, our big talk shows, um, Meta Show, Open Comms, Talking in Stations, and our newest show that just got rebranded, which was Push to Talk. All great shows that start Friday, uh, two, one on Friday, two on Saturday, and one on Sunday. Yeah, I know when Matterall hit me up about, uh, you know, about Talking in Stations sort of get involved with, with doing this today. I was I was initially leery mainly because I planned on being at the fleet and I'm like oh geez you know I want to I want to make sure I'm listening to the fleet commanders and things like that right um, but you know after after that night where where the whole uh, the judge you know judgment day or whatever we when that went down and we were able to break in and do kind of uh, you know kind of breaking news at the time I know you know, I know he really likes that and, and it is fun it's fun to kind of talk about the stuff that's going on in the moment I, I'll be honest I wish I knew more about what was literally happening on the field. Um, than I do, but. Oh, yeah. I mean, even me, I don't know. I don't ever claim to know I know everything in the world, but I definitely try to put my effort in and just see what I can. If I don't know, I'll ask people or find out. 
um, see if there's any kind of information I, I do. At least that's just a, a thing I do personally if I try to do breaking news. You know, it's, a, it's funny because when, when, when anybody is really covering these things, the, these fights that are going down, right, it's never the people who know most because they're involved. You know, they can't be there, you know, telling you, oh, by the way, yeah, this is what you're seeing out there because this is what I'm doing. Yeah, exactly. And today, today's challenge was more of the tie-dye. I was really trying not to risk um, crashing our camera view because if it crashed our camera view, there would not be as much to talk about for sure. But I think we are wrapping up uh, the extraction, and I don't know. I know then I'm going to, uh, I don't know, <laughs> sit back in my chair for a second, <laughs> and then I'm going to watch some TV or something. Oh, I know. I feel you that. I'm just going to go get some dinner myself here pretty soon. Yeah, you guys have been at it for an extremely long period of time. I don't know how you can still talk. Uh, for me, I didn't uh, talk in a good chunk of the morning because I was doing the back end, trying to get the guests in, get them arranged, and do all, all that kind of stuff, and uh, hosting the stream itself. So the early on day, for me, it wasn't as hard, but I've definitely been uh, glued to this chair most of the day. <laughs> so kind of an interesting statistic, uh, with the Imperium being as much of an industrial power as it is a, a political and um, clearly uh, military uh, assets that they have. Uh, the total losses for today, uh, and this is estimated uh, right now, so it hasn't all come in, it's about $381 billion. Assuming that the Imperium lost all of that, they would replace that in mining value in 24 and a half minutes of an average month, based on the uh, monthly economic report. So yeah, the monthly economic report definitely shows a lot of that data, and how fast... Uh the value, at least, itself would come out. It's also important to note that the Imperium is ballpark 50-some thousand uh, characters. Uh, so it's not a small group of people. Oh, yeah. It could definitely be four hours, I think, if uh, if they put their minds to it. Oh, four minutes. Oh, no, four hours, sorry. You said four hours. Oh, yeah. Minutes, not so much, because that's like half of the cycle of Executor Jones. Somebody said, so who made money? Um, producers of of uh, fighter bombers and fighters, I would say. Uh, I heard Jitta was almost sold out or completely sold out or just you know, left with the ridiculous priced ones there. So uh, there's probably quite a few. I mean, a lot of that, you know, a lot of those for the Imperium, I think, will be, you know, um, um, you know, built locally. Um, but you know, other groups maybe replacing theirs in the mass market. The unfortunate part is there's hundreds of billions of uh, of fighters that never actually made it to the fight, or that were never launched from tubes to begin with, which is yep. really kind of unfortunate. And that being one of those producers of fighters. It's doubly a pain because I was hoping to make some bank on people coming back and buying more. Hey guys, I wanted to say good job on this chill after show. It's just the, the extraction show. The extraction <laughs> show, yeah. This is totally relaxed. I like listening to you. The music in the background is nice too. It's relaxed. 
Yeah, that was kind of the goal, so it didn't get silent when uh, nobody was talking, because there is no Eve sound currently. Oh, that being that, I'm just going to just take a short AFK break a second, guys. Um, hang in there, talk with the, the uh, hosts that are there. If you guys have any questions, feel free to ask uh, in the Twitch chat. Gotta be a question like who won? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that, that that tends to come up every like every thirty to sixty seconds as somebody else logs in. My totally unbiased answer is Goons won. <laughs> so I actually kind of think we all won because I mean everybody everybody who owns a super cap and a titan at this point has really been pushing for some kind of engagement. There hasn't been a large scale fight in at least a year. So it's been kind of a, a good opportunity for people to get out and stretch their legs. I'll tell you who won. INN won. We had 11,000 people watching the stream. I think we did a very good job of informing people um, of what was going on. We had great uh, FCs kind of talking about what was going on. But what was really key to all that was not losing the stream. Uh, and so Life Shifter gets a huge medal for that. So an interesting question uh, from chat here. When did we know it was over? Uh, we I had predicted that it was going to end early um, when I jumped on jumped into grid and only a single tube launched, and it wasn't even fighter bombers. It was a set of uh, uh, superiority fighters. Were you in a which, Were you in a Nix or, or a carrier? I was in the Aeon. Uh, okay, so all right. Well, the Aeons didn't jump in until later, right? Yeah, so I was I was on the second wave, which was right. basically what died halfway to, or what they've slowly been killing here on, on screen, which is really unfortunate because we had, uh, I want to say we had about 170 in fleet of just Aeons, which 170 times five would have been how many flights of drones we would have launched, uh, and had all of that made it, uh, to the Keepstar, it would have been a completely different fight. Yeah, I mean, I you know I jumped in in an Aeon as well, and uh, I didn't lose one fighter because I never loaded the system. Yeah, and I mean that's and it's it's one of those things where it's like it's tie dye. So I don't I don't think anybody's upset that you know if things went the way that they did. It's unfortunate that tie dye and tie dye and kind of the system prioritization of tasks kind of made it so that fighters reloading and that weren't high up there. Uh, it's unfortunate, but yeah. I think the uh, turning point came rather quickly. I think uh, it was um, Elise Randall that was saying that uh, it looks like the North is really using those Titans to take on the bombers, which is uh, a significant uh, development. But it really was the tie-dye that prevented anybody else from getting in and it prevented super caps from launching more bombers without that ability they couldn't put any damage uh, any more damage on that thing so it was a matter of time before nc took off all the damage they needed to to get that thing taken to safety again yep. and well, that I mean, turning you, point was pretty dramatic you remember Billy, um as the timer was ticking down and getting closer right and his concern was that the fighter bombers weren't even going to make it there in time to be able to um, pause the clock at all. 
Um, but then you had a couple of subcap fleets out there that were able to pause the timer to allow some of those fighter bombers to get there and then other ones to kind of follow in and thing like that. But in the meantime, those, those subcap fleets were getting whittled down. Those fighters were getting whittled down by, by air superiority and other means. Yeah. You know, and, and once you, you know, once you defang like that, um, you've got to have other waves that are coming in behind that. Right. And, and that's where I think things like, the, you know, the ability to reload tubes or, or, um, just launch them, you know, you know, really came into play. Right. Right. Thanks, Mad Dog, for the subscription. Also, data guy Femic says, can we agree at this point, it's not CCP's fault that we put 6,000 in local. I've been saying that all day. Like people, you know, people can cry about tight eye all they want to, and and what it ends up, uh, what it ends up being. But the people that make the choice to put so many in system to where we push tight eye to its limits, um, that's on us, and it's on something that we know to have been a mechanic now for long enough that you, you know you just can't say, well, I didn't know it was going to kind of work like that. Or, or you didn't know that something was going to go wrong because because I don't want to say that like everybody knew or like you should have known that um, you know launch tubes weren't going to load or fighters weren't going to launch or or anything like that right um, but you do know that things are probably going to going to go wrong and it's one thing just in a battle ships on ships right it's another thing when you're racing that that repair clock. Mm-hmm. Uh- Sakata Can Jack asks, uh, was it a waste of fuel, et cetera, to loot the battlefield after? Like, what's the profit balance on uh, going and looting and stuff like that? So I actually thought it was really interesting that they were killing the fighters after the fact instead of looting them. Because those fighters are worth, especially the T2, um, the fighter bombers are worth about 11 million ISK apiece. Um, and there's about, I want to say, six of them per uh, per squad. So that would have been a pretty sizable amount to loot, uh, but it's also a pretty solid kick on the on the kill board. So I think they're kind of big, though. Looting them takes a, a bigger yeah. ship, which is slower. Yeah, it would have been a, a probing effort, uh, and they would have to be very vigilant about it. So that would have been interesting. I think there's, to answer the question from my perspective, it's not an issue of fuel because you're not wasting fuel. Uh, I don't think you're jump freightering in either Oracles or uh, jump freighters to carry the big stuff out. Not a lot of big stuff actually died besides those Nixes. Um, so it's not really a fuel expense. It's a time expense uh, and a danger expense. Like how, how much do you put yourself at risk of getting picked off by fleets that want to snag you as you try to loot a field? Uh, that's another thing to consider. There you might find a cost uh, analysis of some sort, but um, in this case, it's just kind of how much time you want to dedicate to doing it. The reason they're probably blowing up um, the fighters is because they don't want to bring in bigger ships to loot them, and so they don't want them available to the enemy to come and loot and you know get their fighters back, so they just destroy them. Well, you know, and they do count for a kill mail, I think. I think, yeah, I think even if they, even if abandoned, I think they count as a kill mail. So yeah, they do. So I mean, we're just in this cleanup effort. You know, despite the fact that they're shooting abandoned drones, it's still, you know, billions are being lost in the process of that huge wave of fighters being killed. You know what was annoying me? Okay, okay, 
because I was, I was, um, I was sitting in Aeon fleet, you know, waiting to go in on, in another wave. Right. So, and then I was in an apostle that was waiting for the call for apostles to go if needed. Right. Um, so I didn't actually have eyes on the battlefield. Um, so in watching the stream, the one thing that kept nagging at me that whole time was what I came to find out a little bit later was that, that, and you still see it there, that blob of sentry drones that were down there. Cause all I was seeing was, was where the fighter bombers were coming from, right? This thing that wasn't moving. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm like, are those, are those disconnected, you know, carriers or super carriers that have launched fighters that those things are just sitting there now because, but it turned out they were centuries. Yeah. So we see the question over and over again, battle who won. I mean, it's a battle over who won. Uh, the mission was accomplished. Keepstar's still there. Yeah. Keepstar's still there. The North wins the day. Uh, the battle uh, damages really aren't very high for what was um, at stake. That Keepstar alone would have been worth everything they got killed. Um, maybe a bit less, uh, but just about two-thirds of what everything was worth. If it had gotten killed, it would have basically doubled the, uh, the amount of damage that was done. If those Titans had engaged and any one of those had died, it would have started to really increase uh, how much damage this battle uh, was worth. So as far as the casualties, it's uh, I think you heard earlier, it's it's a matter of a day or two mining. Sorry, was it in a day? It was like 24 minutes, wasn't it? Uh, so a 300 yeah. billion isk fight for this kind of engagement was very low. Yeah, I think I think in the end you'll probably see it somewhere in the half a half a trillion range. Um, but as I said before, given the you know given given the assets that both sides had deployed, right? Um, that's not necessarily a lot considering we've seen, you know, we've seen fights even, even recently between, between overall smaller groups, um, you know, that resulted in, in three, four, 500 billion. So someone actually did a, a bit of an interesting post on Reddit and they kind of broke down the math for what would have to die to hit that hyped up 1 million number. Uh, the most interesting of it is it would be approximately 829 Titan kills. Or 2014 super cab. Well, what did they say? BTACR they said was what 300,000? Yeah, yeah, at, at, at times currency. Yeah, at the at, at kind of the plex conversion rate of that of that time. Um, now, granted, uh, you know, I, you know, I think there were you know there were a lot of dead dreads, you know, as well as supercarriers, as well as titans, you know, that you know that were down there as well. Look, if you had had the type of throwdown that would have that would have say resulted in two hundred to two hundred and fifty dead titans, let's say, right? Um, there would have been a commensurate number of, of supercarriers that would have been lost, and and dreadnoughts and apostles and all of those other kind of you know secondary you know secondary capitals. I think in a worst case scenario, our realistic high number we could see was probably somewhere around five hundred thousand. Just looking at at the numbers in this post here. Yeah, I would been uh, yeah I would say five six. Maybe over six hundred thousand. I think there was a lot in Pro God's um, missive that he was uh, 
that, you know, that, <laughs> that, 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 that he was saying that was merely, you know, there to, you know, gain attention. Certainly not. Certainly not. I couldn't Definitely figure out what to call like it. Name. But yeah, Missive's a good name for it, I guess. Now, I do suppose if you add all of the enemy combatants' ships uh, from, from subcaps all the way through Titans and included the staging, you probably would have broken at least a million dollars in value. But I don't think that we would ever lose a million dollars. No, I, I think it, yeah, I mean, it, it would have had to have been a serious cataclysm to get to, to get to a million, but it would have definitely been higher than, you know, it, again, it, it would have taken the full, the full range of, of throwdown to happen. Um, but it, yeah, it would have been more than BTEC art. Well, the whole point was that was at risk, right? I mean, like, that's something that actually could have happened here for the first time in a very long time. See, I don't, I don't know. Uh, with the, with the, the way that the siege played out, you had people on grid fighting each other, but you didn't really have them at risk. Because let's say you wanted to, let's say you wanted to actually engage the enemy capitals. Either the titans that were on grid on the keep star would have had to come down to our keep star or our Fortazar in order to actually make the fight happen because they're nowhere near in range. Or we would have had to go up to them and launch different fighters. Chad's the teal out there, but it makes a good point. If you add all the possible ships and the real life economic impact of people missing work, etc. <laughs> yeah, then then we probably were there was probably more than a million dollars worth of lost work time out there. Yep. Oh, yeah. Uh, else. World economic productivity was down today because of Elon Musk. Yeah. Well, there's uh, a, a quick uh, wrap up of what happened today. You have a Keepstar there that was being attacked. It was in its final timer, which means it would have exploded had it been successfully damaged enough. Um, but the North uh, came to its defense and saved it. And this is the remnants of that battle. And we had over 6,000 people fighting at one time. Uh, a huge amount of disconnects that left really the battle was fought between between four and five thousand for most of the fight. Yeah, and 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 uh, El Cantar says uh, uh, PGL just said that uh, one million at risk, but but then he also said in the piece right, but wouldn't be committed, you know, because of course everybody would coward out or whatever. But yeah. So, I, I yeah, talked to him a lot. There was today. definitely more than a million at risk out there. I mean, yeah. or, or a million potentially at risk, right? I mean, a lot of this stuff was sitting, you know, sitting waiting for the opportunity to come in or not. It would have been just maybe over just a bit. I don't know. Uh, it depends on the exchange rate, uh, the actual numbers. Um, I was talking to him a lot, uh, Pro Guy Legend, and it was very funny to see him get picked up by the Canadian News to be, uh, I think he was actually introduced as Fleet Commander, <laughs> which is pretty awesome. Um, I, I, I haven't seen the, uh, I haven't seen the thing yet, but, uh, hey, you know what, when, you, when you're a Reddit superhero with a million hits, <laughs> the Canadian Broadcasting Company picks you up. So I, I have a lot to say about that, but I've been biting my tongue. <laughs> like seriously fighting my tongue that, well, let's I mean, just say that thread was interesting he made it he made it particularly uh, digestible by you know, people who like that kind of stuff and I think it was uh, it was 
I, it was a little bitter in the way that it, you know, put things on, uh, or you know, the way it talked about the Imperium. Uh, really, kind of surprising, actually. I think he, I think he surprised himself, actually. I don't know if he has any regrets. I talked to him afterwards, and 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 he said he felt, you know, he said he felt somewhat bad. Yeah, you know, I talked to him late, late, late last night, um, just really briefly, because I kind of wanted to get a little vibe for. You know, what he was trying to go for and and you know he generally admitted that it was you know attention but um now some people will take that as attention to him or you know attention whoring or or whatever but yeah i mean who knows maybe there was an element of it that was just trying to be attention for eve in some way but uh, i you know look i mean some of the stuff that he said in there i think opened up some you know opened up some old wounds and uh um maybe was I mean, Matani today, when he was on the show here, you know, you mentioned the first paragraph, but I think it was also the fourth paragraph went right back to the whole Kickstarter thing and everything. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't necessarily know that when you're trying to talk about this battle taking place, that it that it really revolves around anything related to that. So I, I think the intent of that thread was like, I don't think anyone reasonably expected uh, expected it to blow up like it did. Um, generally. When you post a thread in our gaming with that kind of context, it'll hover around the front page of our gaming, that specific subreddit, maybe say 5,000 Karma, right? That hit in the exact right way that it went to number one on our all with somewhere around 50, 60,000 Karma. The order of magnitude in the amount of views that generates is, is insurmountable. Like I would be, I would be seriously shocked if they legitimately thought it was going to go as far as it did. You should post your way. What is this one? <laughs> you should post your way on onto national television. <laughs> that that's the real gem of all of them. That's the good post right there. You know. Uh, one of the things, you know, and this is going to be kind of weird, right? Because when you go back to, you know, World War B, the casino war and all that kind of shit, right? Um, the level of shit posting out there and propaganda and whatnot that was associated with that um, was, I personally think, you know, excessive. Uh, it was just so much of it. Um, this past week, there really hasn't been that much shit. This was the one shit post thing that I really remember. It, it really was. I was I was kind of bringing that up earlier that that the mudslinging has been toned down leading up to that. Uh, usually, even for smaller fights, I have to sit there and stare at the new queue and just chain remove tons and tons and tons of really terrible terrible threats that no one wants to see. But in this case, it's it really has been bad. I mean, now now it's definitely a train wreck. Uh, now that the fight's over, everyone is kind of just flooding in there and, well, have fun, guys. But Well, sure, and that's kind of, you know, and in some ways, that's kind of the way it's going to be. I mean, in the wake of any in the wake of any battle, you know, like this, especially where you've got, you know, kind of the two biggest coalition behemoths in the game going against one another, um, there's going to be one side that, that comes away with, with, you know, I don't know, uh, you know, the people out there saying what they're going to say. It's kind of what Eve's, you know, in that way, it's kind of what Eve's expected to almost do after the fact. I mean, traditionally, uh, what we see, and why this one is, again, strange, is we usually see a bigger buildup than we do a letdown. 
uh, in the sense that there'll be a lot of threads and a lot of people posting, kind of hyping up a fight. And then after the fact, traditionally, they just congregate around one piece, one post, one article on a website somewhere, and then it dies out within a day. This time, the inverse is kind of happening. I'm really curious to see how long the talk about this fight is going to happen. I suspect it'll just be a couple of days like any other, but I don't know. We're kind of in uh, uncharted territory here. Uh, Mr. Pinks, uh, the, that is not skirmishing that you're seeing. What that is, is uh, a couple things going on there. People are reconnecting to the game and flying into where they were when they got disconnected. And you're also seeing some looting happening. Uh, when a battle is over, there's a lot of debris in space. Looting and in the that field. debris is, is valuable, so. What's that? Uh, he said looting of the field, if you're curious. Yeah. Uh, somebody's asked, why did they stop attacking the Cube Star? Dead bodies and... Uh... Yeah, there are corpse. Um, the reason they stop attacking the Cube Star is because it has 15 minutes to be destroyed. And if you do not destroy it within those 15 minutes, uh, it falls into an invulnerability cycle that lasts four days. So it is not able to be damaged at that point, even if it was damaged down to 10% of its structure, it would still survive once it falls into invul uh, invul invulnerable status. So the fight was called off because they could not damage it any further. Uh, T.S. Blank asked, so did a battle ever occur? Uh, yes, a battle occurred. Uh, it did not reach the maximum potential that it could have i don't know i i'm not quite sure that it you know that it even reached you know kind of uh i think i think it was less than than what it could have been um yeah and certainly was not out, out at the max end of what it could have been That's one way of looking at it. I think they committed pretty well. I mean, it definitely wasn't a situation of uh, trying to tire out the enemy by not showing up. Oh, no, no, no. I mean, like yeah. like when some people were talking about blue balls, that's why you know, I think I asked like way back at the beginning of the stream, well, what do you consider a blue ball? Like, because a blue ball typically means one side does not show up, therefore nothing happens, right? Right. And that's a that's and a the answer was like move. well if you know if, you know if 150 or 200 titans don't die then it was a blue ball it's like well come on that's that's it you know you know irrational sort of uh, sort of thinking. Hey, so a uh, guy from Bastion here, uh, Keisha has uh, joined us. You were in that fight. How you doing? Not bad. How you guys? Oh, we have to speak up a bit louder. Oh, how about that? How's it going? That's better. Yeah. Thanks. Uh, uh, thanks for joining us. Yeah, no problem. Just a little tired. How was it from your point of view? Uh, it was it was pretty good for the most part. I mean, it would have would have been nice to actually see a couple a couple different fleets committed to the fight. Um, I mean, the, the three scorpion fights, and then what else? You know, what was on there? It wasn't it wasn't quite wasn't quite epic as what we're or I guess I was 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 kind of hoping. I didn't I didn't think we'd actually go in and go full tilt, but 
I took the day off and made a decision this morning and text my boss, but okay. Day off, please. It's kind of worth it. Yeah, I feel the same way. Uh, the big battle, somebody said the big battle from a few years ago was more exciting. I, I think he's, you know, kind of doing a tongue out face there. Um, but I, I don't know. B, I don't. I don't know that having having been in BTACR for fourteen hours, um, I, I can't say that it was exciting. Maybe he means the uh, casino war battles. I mean, uh, maybe that. Yeah. Uh, oh, um, I mean BTAC war. I mean uh, that, that. I mean that kicked off when you're in the Euro time zone when I was off work. So when I got home, they're basically telling people not not to go in there. So um, the FCs or the the op FCs that were available in the U.S. time zone, uh, they basically ran uh, interference around uh, BTACR like myself and killing caps that you know were in the Euro time zone and were basically want, wanting to go home. Not quite the same thing that happened today, obviously, but the uh, mm -hmm. yeah tie dye. Tie -dye I, I've never been one for tie dye, unless. Unless it is like a BTAC R, but tie dye in general is, is is normally just not enjoyable. Even though it is epic, but I mean, at least yes, you can say that you were there. But you know, 10, 10 15 minute you know broadcasts and commands is is not really thrilling. The okay. Jones out there. Have we talked about Imperium invading test yet? Since I'm apparently finding out about this through Imperium news. <laughs> All right, just a second. Now we wanted to answer uh, Uber Pony Express. Pony Express, uh, the percentage of the Keep Star was reduced to sixty percent, roughly. I thought it got down closer to fifty, but may, uh, maybe it was sixty. Yeah. It, it was, was under sixty percent. It was fifty-seven. Yeah, yeah at the, at, before I started repairing, it was at fifty-seven percent. Uh, so, for Jones, there is no war between uh, uh, Imperium and Test, uh, but there are some. There are definitely some hurt feelings, I think, or some, but that you know maybe that can get worked out. I don't know. Above our, above our pay grade. I yeah, don't know that, what the I don't know what that discussion of that Fortizar was, and you know all that. You know, apparently there was some infringement of an agreement on a neutral zone. I think that was the sticking point, but uh, we can explain that on uh, talking stations or some sometime when uh, we get more facts. There seemed to be disagreement on the facts. I was in discussion when, when, well, in the command channel when we were kind of having discussion, but I'll probably, we'll probably have to wait to see what can can be discussed when it comes down to it. A freelancer one seventeen, I recognize that name, is asking, uh, "What's confirmed?" Just lost the comment. What's confirmed? What is locked up in the keep star? We cannot confirm anything is in that keep star, although we assume. There's at least some Titans that came in. Uh, they probably docked up to, um, you know, uh, get their cap back or something. Who knows what they were doing, but uh, there's probably horde fleets. There's definitely were some... This outpost here was used to do uh, escalation attacks on the invading Imperium when they were doing uh, just small fleets in the area. So, for instance, a Macarial fleet would get dropped on by Nixes coming out of this station, so that was one of the reasons it would be nice to destroy it. Uh, so there's probably some supers in there, maybe some Titans left over from this fight, um, and, and maybe some fleets. 
And we have the reports that uh, unfitted service modules are on the Keepstar as well. But I wouldn't know about that. <laughs> Reading a tweet from Grath out there four hours ago. You guys are shit at live updates. And he's just addressing this out. <laughs> you know, he's just sending a tweet out. He didn't address it to anybody. But you guys are shit at live updates for this fight. Just FYI. Pretty sad when the best I can get is some third world Lord servant Reddit thread. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God. Well, to be fair about that Reddit thread, um, I was really seriously hoping that someone was going to post a live thread like they usually do, because I couldn't quite make it into the fight as more than a casual observer, because I was at work. And I asked around for a lot of people, and no one no one wanted to do it. So I just posted a quick information thread to, uh, you know, like, here's the fight, here's a basic overview of what's going on, here's where you can watch it. Very simple. And then as soon as I did that, Suddenly, everyone just comes out of the woodwork. Oh, I want to do a live thread. Oh, let me do it. Let me do it. Let me do it. I'm like, oh, where were you five minutes ago when I was asking? Let me know, guys and gals, if the, uh, the music is too loud in the stream for you guys. Recap the battle for the new audio. I just can't. Actually, the audience could probably recap the battle at this point. Although somebody has apparently, uh, I'm linking it and talking in Stations Public. I also linked it in Imperium News, but I mean, you know what? Uh, let's see. I'll throw it out into the throw it out into the chat as well. Somebody, somebody created a. Uh, a um, trebuchet capital. If I heard trebuchet one more fucking time, <laughs> <laughs> that that was funny. Uh, who who was it that did that? I think it was Billy earlier. That uh, no, it was Aerith. Aerith oh, right. was talking about like you know, kind of describing this this uh, you know, sending sending you know fighters you know way across the expanse, right? Yeah, but they're yeah, slow, you know, cool. so it's. Yeah, Sap Sap would probably come with comms. I don't I don't know why it wouldn't. Uh, what's that? Sapporo John. Somebody was just asking why is Sapo not in comms yet? That's a, that's a good question there, Sapo. Rain's out there. What y'all talking about still? What the fuck? <laughs> I know what this is just kind of the cooldown phase, Rain, you know? We had all this excitement today and it was really fast paced and uh Kind of letting the adrenaline roll off now. I guess the grand question right now is, uh, is the Imperial Can't, go can't hear you, can't hear you. Sounds like your mic switched or something. You're too far away from it. Yeah, sorry about that. A little bit of an issue there. So the real question is, is the Imperium going to reinforce this again for another fight? I don't know. Asking the wrong people. It's, uh, it's one of the strategies that Imperium is very good at, and that is tiring out an enemy and breaking their will to fight. So part of that is done by 
making them put a lot of energy into showing up for a fight and not showing up. Another part of that is to uh, continually ring the bell and make them form over and over again. Eventually, people won't show up. I mean, not as many people will show up, and that's when you have your best chance. So it depends on what their strategy is. It also takes a lot of energy for them to do it. So it will actually, it doesn't take as much energy because they can do it with a lot smaller force. No less than every other Tuesday. <laughs> and I think at some point, and this is what's interesting, and I think that the question got opened up, what's next? You may see the North say, enough of this, we're going to attack your Keepstar in J5A, their forward operating base, and take that out. And that would diminish their ability to house uh, a super capital fleet uh, within range of this. It's only five jumps away, easily within light year range. So it just depends. Does the North come into Fountain to destroy the war-making ability of the Imperium? Or does the Imperium continue to poke at the North to tire them out? We really don't know. Or neither. It's not as favorable as a position as a nine tech R has been. Because of the distance between B tech D and J5A. So I think they'd have a hard time. I think there's some other things going on that you need to look at. Uh, as we were saying, there was maybe, you know, eight, possibly 10,000 people involved in this fight. But there was still 30,000 people playing EVE at that time. So other things are going on in this game. Uh, Providence recovered a lot of its territory or is on their way to recovering it. Uh, if PL focuses, they'll, they'll be able to stop that. But it was a good chance for Providence to, to steal back their territory. Yeah, uh, uh, insufficient uh, PG Gaming out there has a question. Would you not agree yeah. that the North actually controlled this pre-fight? Yes, goons made the timer, but the North decided what timer they would defend you on. Okay, so historically in EVE, final timers have tended to be the ones that get a lot of attention. Um, and some, you know, almost to the point of giving, you know, giving up that armor timer, let's say, um, you know, to be able to say, you know what, we're not going to risk it for the biscuit on this one. We're going to go all in on the final timer in, in, in the case of the way Citadel mechanics work, um, you do that first shield timer. So you get through and now you have the armor timer, right? Well, if you don't hit it like the Imperium did on Tuesday, Tuesday, a week ago. Okay. Um, then then they have time immediately following it to just reinforce it right again in this case here when it's the final timer that you lose on you've got four days before they can before they can turn right around and reinforce it so it may have been one of those situations where the choice to skip kind of the you know uh, you know any form of defense on the armor timer on wednesday of last week that set up today was merely a factor of, you know, well, they're just going to come back tomorrow or they're just going to redo it again and we'll be back here tomorrow. So why don't we just go to that final timer? I mean, I don't know that to be true, but, you know, it's it's a reasonable a reasonable assumption, I think. Uh, to viewer Chris Float, yeah, we are talking to newbies. We try to break this down as far as we can to be understandable without boring the veterans to tears. Uh, but we do like to break open the uh, jargon and explain the concepts behind it so people can learn how to get better at the game. Again, Eve is a lot like baseball, where when if you're just looking at it, you're just seeing a guy hit a ball and run in circles. Uh, but to the people who are following the stats and the player stats and uh, the teams and the pitchers and their strategies, it's a whole different ballgame. 
And that's what Eve is like. The more you know about what's going on, the more exciting it becomes and the more nuance you can see. Rain's like, I'm bored no matter what matter. I'll do some shots. Um, uh, no, it's a, it's a Wednesday night. Um, okay, Thanks, so Chris, Chris said, please talk to the new viewers that are looking for a recap of what happened since the battle began. Since the battle began, I'm going to assume you mean since the battle began today. And and sort of the TLDR of it, you know, is just that um, there were there were more people that were in this system than in any other fight previously in, in EVE. That created a situation of, of very much maximum time dilation, which is a way that they slow down the server in that given area so that the system, do, so that the server doesn't crash, basically. And it allows, it tries to allow um, all of a player's actions to ultimately be used. Okay, now, but but it slow but it slows down time relative to real time. Um, in this particular case, when you're fighting against a a reinforcement timer and a repair timer, the repair timer is actually running still in real time, and that has some things associated with it in terms of how you apply DPS. And and all of that, I'm trying to I'm, I, I am trying to like kind of kind of simplify this as best I can, but trying to fight against that timer in this case here, um, the DPS was being applied to it. We were able to pause the pause the repair timer, and we were whittling down the damage. But while we're whittling down the damage on the structure itself, they're also whittling down the damage that we're applying. And at some point around about 57% structure, uh, so 43% into into the structure, um, um, we fell below that ability for the to keep up with the repair timer or the, the ability for it to repair itself. Um, and then the clock started again. And with that point, there was about seven minutes left. We couldn't apply enough damage to it to get that back paused again and continue to do damage to it. And finally, the timer ran out and it was saved. So once again, what you're seeing on screen is the aftermath of a huge fight. It's one of the biggest, maybe the biggest that Eve has ever seen. Uh, not the most costly, and it depends on how you measure the biggest. Uh, as far as most people in the system, this definitely broke the record of 5,300. It got up to 6,000 um, before the server started kicking people, and it got down to about 4,000 where the fight continued until the north def uh, effectively uh, took off enough damage to get the structure into safe mode. And so it is saved. Right now, people are, you're seeing people fly in. They're actually reconnecting to the game after they were knocked off uh, many hours ago. Uh, you're also seeing some looting of the field. Uh, but basically, everybody that you're seeing moving around are people who are just now coming back to the game. There looks like a small fleet has just flown in there at the north side, uh, a northern fleet. Uh, that is a fleet you can tell by the numbers. Well, what is uh, now? I'm just not sure what Chris Flo is talking about out there with something about getting kicked or I don't know what he's talking about. I brought Rain to join us. Uh, she's an experienced broadcaster. How you doing, Rain? I'm good. How are you guys? My mic okay? Yeah. All right. No, I'm good. How have you guys been? I think you guys been at this like all day, right? <laughs> 2 p.m. Eastern yeah. time. Madderall and I yeah. like started going. Life Shifter had been going for a couple hours before that, just sort of with uh, music and images of the system. Yeah, I remember, I think it was like lunchtime over work, 
and I had like five to ten minutes and I hopped on like t Twitch on my phone and I found you guys and I was like oh maybe the fight's happening now and I looked and it's like four hours till fight starts it's like holy cow uh, that guy Themic points out that it's, it's worth pointing out that there's a huge amount of new players in this fight on the Horde side for example there was 200 plus in Griffins oh, those are the guys that got wiped out by the space station maybe yeah well I think on both you know, I think on both sides I mean you know obviously the Imperium you know has a number of, of, of newer players in it uh, horde does as well um, you know there are positions out there you know roles that can be filled especially now with you know you know alpha clones the way that they are and whatnot um, you know in these fleets you mentioned Griffins which are probably the smallest class of ship besides the mm -hmm. starting ship but I mean there were materials on field I heard Ravens and scorpions. And alpha players or players who play for free can actually fly those as well. Actually, the the sheer amount of new players uh, in or around this fight is absolutely staggering. Um, I'm in a unique position to actually get directly in touch with them. And I'm completely and utterly overwhelmed at the moment. Um, it it's it's just it's just incredible the amount of new people that are coming into the game right now because of this fight. I mean, I know Twitch, I think, had 17,000 viewers when I got home. So, yeah, I mean, obviously, this was probably somewhere on the front page of Twitch. I think people were mentioning how it was on the front page of Reddit. Obviously, it's getting a lot of hype about it. I think, what was it, ProGod was on the news and whatnot. So oh, yeah. it's easily able to bring in tons and tons of players who just want to give it a shot. And in reply to the Lone Wolf, it seemed to be going on quite a bit. Like... There's, I mean, there's only there's only so much we can do. Like once once we get onto grid, I mean, the the games never had that many people in the system before, so things are obviously going wonky. I mean, I don't want to make excuses, but you know, when we're sitting there and we're having a discussion about, you know, uh, basically, what are we going to do at this point? And you know, they ask for everybody's version, and you know, to speak up. Uh, we we can't we can't get new fighters up. You know, we got we got max that uh, when I when I look when I ask for people to, to you know, give me a number crunch on how many people are stuck at reload. You know, we had about 20 max that are stuck in artillery reload. Uh, we have guys, every time we take a warp, you know, there's about 15, 20 guys that are going blue, which means they're DCing on landing. Um, I mean, they are excuses, but at the same time, I mean, you can't continue to fight if you're, if, if the subcap fleets that you're trying to hold grid on, which we only had two main ones, um, aren't able to be efficient and if we're trying to dps down a keep star and not dealing with the subs um that that aren't dying like uh, the nc nc max and the constant uh, scorpions and whatnot then like you you pretty much can't go forward anymore like you just hit a point where like you just can't go forward so it's not that we misplayed it it's that the game didn't also allow us to, to play the full hand, which is, you know, unfortunate. Hey, you know what disappoints me? I, I'm just now looking at the uh, the thing uh, on on Canadian news with ProGod, and uh, you know what disappoints me the most about this whole thing with ProGod? He's on TV. There's actually an image of him, and he doesn't have his big giant head of hair along with his uh, along with his beard and everything. <laughs> the, the Lion Man. He's all cleaned up now, Dirk. Yeah, Real world. Kind of, yeah, I know. Really, man. God's growing up, sort of.
send in chat asking what happened. What happened was there was a fight and Keepstar lived. TLDR. Did you guys get a BR or a number of the final final numbers of who all died and how much? It's still ticking in. Oh, jeez. There's a pretty close estimate, I guess, though. Let me see if I can get you the link. Hold on. I was actually watching another stream, Chris Well, I don't know if you guys know him, but he flies with PL. I think he had his capital on field. And I was asking what happened, because, you know, you saw the screenshot of all the supers and the titans sitting on the Keepstar, and I was like, well, what happens when the Keepstar dies? Because obviously there's bubbles everywhere. You can't really warp your, your capital out, and you can't really dock because the Keepstar is going to explode and whatnot. And he was saying how he was estimating about, I think it was 20% left in structure. He would assume that PanFam would start bailing everyone out. And I was really, really hoping to see that. That obviously didn't happen. So that was their number, 20%? Not a, I mean, it's not an official number. That's what Chris Wild guessed. Mm -hmm. But I mean, unless like Elise or Grath or someone else in PanFam gave you guys a different number. But I mean, I don't know. No, no. Cord's leadership. They didn't give a number, but they, uh, and what you're explaining is that they have a certain amount of safety as long as the space station is there. Uh, but if the space station blows up, they lose a lot of security because they can be trapped in space. And then it's a matter of 300 Imperium Titans jumping in to destroy them, provided they can actually get into system. But, uh, so it's a big deal to lose that keep star. It's not a small thing. Like, a, you know, it's not just a disadvantage. It's like a critical thing. The thing is, if you let it tick down to zero and it blows up, there's no time to extract, especially in a situation where things are not working like they should. So there's definitely a number before zero percent that you want to basically tell the guys, this thing's lost, let's move out. Uh, we didn't know what it was, but uh, if you heard 20%, that sounds about right. Yeah, because you want to give people plenty of time to be able to, what do I want to say, like lose their aggression timer to be able to escape. And at the same time, you don't want to bail too early to where you could have saved the keep star. Well, you, it would almost be funny. I, I just don't have it in me to like go back and see where it was because from the time, I remember a conversation that was going on about, you know, at what point does PL say, okay, or, you know, does, you know, does the North say uh, this is done? We're going to have to start thinking about extracting our caps, right? Um, because obviously they don't want to die on the keep star because now they're no longer tethered to anything and, can all of a sudden start being bubbled and um it, i don't think it was that long until somebody said well it, it's starting to repair itself but like the conversation was beginning to take place i think elise was here at the time or had just walked in yeah i told i was messaging elise like behind the scenes i was like elise please like throw everything you have at this because i really want to like go to work tomorrow and brag to my coworkers about this massive fight in my video game <laughs> but clearly i mean obviously they were like PL and PanFam were throwing things at it, but for whatever reason, I mean, it started repairing. Obviously, like they were defending, so they did all they could, I guess. So Corios52 asks uh, if I was flying in this fight, and I almost was. I was in an Erebus, which was uh, still in the staging system, uh, and we were kind of the last level of uh, escalation. So we, I didn't actually jump in, which worked out great for me because then I could announce all day. Uh, but I did... I did drift off uh, the Keepstar. I must have gotten bumped, and I, I had oh uh, Killer B and some of the FCs yelling at me, and I wasn't able to hear them because I was doing this. 
uh, then my whole all of a sudden my discord lit up with five or six or seven people writing me at the same time and i was thinking like i can't answer them right now so i waited about two or three minutes before i went to look at them and all of them were saying talk up talk up you're floating off uh, so that was my excitement for the day and somebody asked, you know, what percentage is the Keepstar at now? And basically, the Keepstar right now is invulnerable for the next four days, uh, and then it will then come out at, you know, full health and uh, right back to the beginning, as though it never happened. Was there anything being done to the uh, Imperium Fortazars in this system? No, I think the Macarial fleet went down there briefly, maybe, is something I heard, but... Uh, there was a small fleet that attacked it just for a moment and then uh, warped off, but it didn't, yeah. it only caused it to repair and that was it. So now, uh, now something I did heard and I wasn't sure if it was a troll or not was, was um, um, the pandemic horde or somebody may have laid down a bunch of Astra hosts in down in Delve. They did. Is that true? Yeah, or? that's true. Ah. Let me pick it up here. Right, so, um, oh, good. So, Rain Chocolate's answering uh, Pupper, Pupper Kappa. I try. Yeah. And the aftermath is there was a space station here that was under attack. Uh, the orange group that you see up there is surrounding the Keepstar. It is the group that was defending it, and they successfully defended it. And the blue floating in space were, well, that's, those are remnants of uh, the blue. Those were the ones that were attacking it. It was basically, what, a six, five-hour fight? Um, uh, yeah, yeah, I'll call it, yeah, probably about five hours from the time you started to have stuff yeah. landing and engaging. You know, again, I mean, these things, you know, obviously getting in system and being ready, you know, first, uh, you know, gives you some advantages in some ways. Um, so those people that were there, I mean, they may say the fight went on for eight hours because they, they were there already. Yeah, uh, the guy, Themic, uh, or that guy, Themic, uh, says that 26 citadels were planted, or anchored, we call it. Yeah. Two were Astro Houses, 24 uh, Retaros, and NPC Delve. percentage of the fighters were cannon fodder i think every fighter that was launched out there was expected to uh not come home safely that night <laughs> yeah every fighter that was launched was expected to die and then probably the reinforcement or uh, refill uh was also probably expected to die as well uh, Sapporo's in the uh, holding channel if you want to bring him up. I don't want to make too big a thing out of the test. Uh, I don't want to make too big a thing of test versus goons because it's not substantiated. They're just some things that they'll probably work out or or maybe not. Who knows? But uh, welcome, Sapporo. You are the CEO of test. Is your mic working? Typing on Reddit. <laughs> I'll give him a chance to get sorted. So, Rain, you were somebody, uh, US time zone. You were at work. How did you keep in touch with the game? 
Oh, I didn't. I was in meetings all afternoon. Nice. But I mean, I have Discord on my phone, Twitter on my phone, Twitch on my phone. So it's one of those things of like, you know, like while I was heading home from work, it's like, okay, well, let me check my Twitter feed. Let me check my Discord feed. So I could kind of like half keep up to date. But that's assuming, I mean, I had breaks, if I had breaks throughout the day, because we were in a lot of meetings with our clients and whatnot. Put some text up on the screen that says something like, you know, fight is over. <laughs> Just so people don't think, because they're, you know, they're seeing those colors that are still out there, right? So it looks like there might still be ships from this distance. Yeah, yeah there's in the update. I want to say don't have fighters on your... New thing, but at the same time, that's so critical to a fight like this. Yep. It's like it's like drones in the Alliance tournament type thing. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't do you any good to, you know, just show a bunch of uh, ships out there if you're not showing the fact that each one of those has all kinds of flights of uh, either drones or, oh, yeah. or yeah. Uh, fighters or whatever. But I mean... the. They're important to on brackets. Okay, sorry, go on. For those of you that are actually uh, still watching us, it's 2000. We're, um, we're, we have a lot of news on weekends, starting with Open Comms, which happens Friday night. Uh, and that's a fun show. And then the next day, you have the Meta Show, which is put on by the leader of the Imperium himself, and Matani. Uh, and he brings on guests to talk about war and things like this. So that might be worth tuning into, and that's on Saturday. And then on Sunday, we have a wrap-up show called Talking in Stations, uh, which I host with Dirk. Uh, so if you want to catch up on what's been going on in EVE every weekend, we have news shows for you. We're like the real news, man. It's like we've got weekend talk shows. <laughs> totally. Woo! I'm sorry. I was peeing. I had the wrong button bound to my headphones. Everything's fixed. Did you start to get mad thinking we were ignoring you? I uh I kept pushing the button and like I'm explaining stuff and like I just and I people talk just, over you. Yeah, I, like I, just, I was like it was rude and then I looked at Discord and the things wasn't high. I, I fixed it. It's fine, Sapporo. I'm proud of you. You got it fixed. So what do you got, Sapporo? What war? What war have you started with goons? Uh, you know I don't. I, for one, am glad we had this conversation. <laughs> War confirmed. Uh, like the confirmed. Dude, I don't know. I, I'm I'm finding out about this war, like you know, like like watching the stream, like hearing people mad about some things, like ah, it's apparent. It's apparently there's an invasion coming. Like here we go. Yeah, it was kind of some off. You know. I, I considered it in the grand scheme of what was going on today, kind of some off-topic stuff. But you know, I don't know. You know, maybe, you know, maybe it began with with you know pro God's peace, um, you know, and then that just led to some some words being had. You know, I feel like it began with Aerith running his mouth about Subarus in a really weird, passive-aggressive way. Like I feel like if he really had a thing to say about Subarus, he just come right out and said, if he was feeling froggy, could have jumped, he could have pinged me on Discord. Could have done a thing. We could have found a fight. We could have done a one v one. We could have posted on Reddit about like which vehicles are superior. But no, you know, in in his captive audience with his bully pulpit, he ran his mouth about Subarus. Like, so here we are. I mean, obviously, the best way to do that is passive aggressive remarks on a stream where you pretend that you know things you don't really know. 
Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's how you get the updates. Like, that's how you do it. This is how the best wars in Eve happened. It used to be insulting somebody's girlfriend got the best wars going, but now it's about car brands. That chick is crazy. Well, here we're going to war. Nah, man. Nah, you impugned Subaru's honor. Like, you can't do that. I mean, I'm going to side with you. Subarus are an amazing car. I'm actually looking at buying one. Look, you're making a smart decision. Like, when you talk about press performance and you talk about reliability, when you talk about pound-for-pound pound inclement weather performance, you shouldn't look any further than a Subaru, honestly. As this casually turns into a commercial for Subarus. <laughs> For the record, Subaru won't give me free shit for endorsing their vehicles. I tried, I accosted them on Twitter, I got nowhere. I think after today, that might change. Yeah, man, here's hoping. I would love a swag in my apartment. Like, I would love getting an envelope with a bunch of lanyards and stuff. But, you know, I get the cold shoulder from Subaru, and that's fine. But it doesn't matter, because they make reliable, like, ve- like, like affordable vehicles. That, that are that are that are well designed and ha- they're they're aesthetically pleasing and they are pound for pound better than Mitsubishi's and that's really all that matters. But you know what this is uh this has been going on for for quite a long time today so we should probably find a way of uh, wrapping it uh, wrapping it up. Anybody got any kind of closing thoughts on what we witnessed today? You know what I do? The real problem here is that the the Keepstar timer is divorced. Like it's it's running real time. It's divorced from in-game time. And so in tie-dye, like the attackers are at a disadvantage. Otherwise, this is a pretty well-executed fight. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I I would agree with that. You know, uh, the only thing I would add to that is but we know that. I mean, we you know, we know what the relationship is between tie-dye and thousands of people in the system and that timer. Yeah, but the thing is, I'm self-important, so it didn't really matter until I said it, honestly. <laughs> uh, actually, I, Dirk, maybe we'll go a little longer. And I'll leave. Uh, you can take off if you need to. We'll give it over to Life Shifter. I really like the idea of kind of a place for people to chill and uh, find out what happened today and stuff. And I, We could go as long as the screen's up with uh, Life Shifter, but he's probably pretty tired, too. Oh, yeah, I'm, de- I'm definitely starting to feel it today. <laughs> I mean, we've been live for, I think, a little over 11 and a half hours today. That looks like they caught a carrier. How many disconnects have you guys grabbed? Oh, what do you mean by that? By uh, capital ships that disconnected? People may be logging in now or whatever. Yeah. Have you heard about anything like that from your end? For us, no. We got nobody active. Is there a bunch of frigates there's, there's and cruisers? There is an Archon that's dying right now. Yeah, it's a bunch of frigates and cruisers. It's pretty... I want to say impressive, but at the same time. I don't know. Oh, I see. So that's a disconnected uh, Imperium side uh, that's reconnected. And it looks like Horde's probably killing them. Yeah, this, yeah, yeah, this is kind of one of those things, right? I mean, look, if you were in a system where something like this just went down and uh, you were disconnected and couldn't log in back then, you might want to go check with, you know, check with command, check with whoever to find out, should I log in now? Because you probably shouldn't. You know, a, I don't give a shit if you got to give it a week. <laughs> you know, or just lose it, whatever, I guess. It's a carrier, right. though. They're cheap. They are. They are. And, may, and, may, and maybe that's the consideration going on. Well, there is like a waiting. About the land we're waiting that. for a super to... Uh... Just log in without talking to anyone and get blown up. Like you know, there, there's always one. You know. Yep. 
Oh, it'll happen. So let's just do a quick update on some uh, some of the numbers that we've been seeing. You guys have been doing some research, figuring out how much was actually destroyed, that kind of stuff. You guys want to go over those real quick before we kind of just wrap up? That's funny, the numbers popped back up when uh, people started seeing a ship getting killed. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, as soon as something happens, it's it gets there, for sure. Zoom in. Let me bomb them. One sec. Um, I think, uh, Commander A's, you were saying earlier that uh, how much was destroyed and how fast that could be recouped uh, for the Imperium. So, it looks like now about... 420 to what will be 430 or so billion here um, when it's all said and done was killed uh, which is, is a large amount of money um, however if you compared it against uh, the numbers I was using earlier was the monthly economic report for mining for goons so let's say goons was in charge of replacing all of the losses for the entire fight uh, you're looking at about, at this point, about 27 minutes of an average month. Uh, it would take us to replace all of the losses in just mining value. Uh, so in a perfect world, it's only a half hour lost of uh, minerals. Well, y yes, but okay. But what, what was the total value on losses? What, what, what was the total value on losses? Uh, it's about 400 430 billion. Ooh, that puts it in perspective. Yep. And what, yes. So when you're, so what were you looking at? The total total bounties in in, in the course of a month in Delve or something like that? Uh, this is the, just the total mining value. So total based mining. off of the eleven trillion isk we mined in December. Uh, so in four hundred billion is how much is that in U.S. dollars? I did the math. It's around four thousand. It's around four thousand. We had four thousand dollars in losses. That's prior to insurance, obviously, which is probably going to knock that number down pretty significantly. Still, definitely wasn't the one million that was promised today, or hyped. That's up about there. that's about a tenth of the. For, to put this in perspective for our listeners, by the way, we have we may have a bunch of dudes that are like new to the game, maybe don't yeah. understand the conversion rate, but that's like like four four thousand dollars. That's about that's about a that's about a tenth. Uh, of the cost of a fully loaded Subaru WRX. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. That's uh, we, we got noobs here. Uh, like I just want I just want to help put this in perspective for people. Like I just want you know I just want this to be relatable. You know. Okay. Um, yeah, we do have we do. Uh, what we're seeing now is an Archon that has been disconnected during the fight, has reconnected, come back, and been trapped by what looks like Horde, uh, and they're just uh, taking it to task and are going to destroy it. Jeez, we say disconnected. We don't know. Maybe this guy's just been bouncing safes for the last two and a half maybe, hours. Maybe he's just a <laughs> bit late, yeah. Uh, Tie-dye is gone from the system, isn't it? It appears to be. What are we down to? What's the population count? Four, yeah, 416 people in the system right now. Or 15 now. Uh, earlier, that number got up to 6,000 temporarily. Uh, but the battle really happened between four and 5,000 people. It's a huge fight. 
So I think one of the important things to note here is aside from those four Nixes that died, um, the lion's share of ships that were destroyed were battleship classed or frigates. So, I mean, we had about 68, uh, 68 to 70 billion ISK in fighters lost, but in terms of battleship losses, we're looking at 75 to... 75 to 85 billion losses in battleships alone. So those are all alpha ships that are ships that Archon's alpha characters going, could fly. Archon is going up. You can see the minor explosions happening. Uh, it will lead to a huge explosion. Just a second, my screen will go white. The humanity. Yeah, it's the Himmlenberg. It's going down. <laughs> um, ah, you would have lived if you were a shield. Also, that, that tells you there was a lot of people that were new to the game that were involved, so... Um, if you desire, and I don't think it's necessarily the best thing to do, but if you desire to get involved in fights like this, it's possible for you to do it. It's easier now to do it than ever. Uh, you know, I do want to give a shout out to uh, the folks from CCP who were around today, Falcon yeah, coming absolutely. on, um, you know, as well as uh, the ones who are out there in channel watching the stream and interacting with the uh, inter interacting with the people. Yep, guard uh, was out there. He would have come on, except he says he didn't want to wake up his girlfriend because it was really late for them. Well, you know, there's a lot of Europeans, you know, and, you know who probably didn't want people woken up in their house and whatnot, but they were still up and <laughs> talking on comms. <laughs> I, tell you, I tell you, the Europeans are who I feel kind of, you know, kind of bad for, right? Because I mean, this. This went pretty late to the point where they were probably had already called in for the next day or really had to be considering it, you know, anyways, just out of just out of uh, kind of when it when it ended. When uh, Matterall, you were talking earlier uh, about uh, the resource utilization for the servers when the fight was underway, uh, like CPU utilization, memory utilization, how they were expanding the the, the memory available to the node during the fight. Uh, did they talk about uh, like server temperatures at all? Uh, no, we just kept joking about having a fire extinguisher in hand, but we didn't actually talk temperatures, no. <laughs> That's pretty legit. The, the one uh, big stats that CCP Falcon gave, us, gave to us today was uh, at the start of when we hit about 1,800 people in system, uh, CPU usage went up to 100% and stayed at 100% the entire time of the fight, uh, or the main portion of the fight, and then it peaked, started at 17 gigs of memory it was using and peaked at 76 gigs of memory. I was wrong about that number 76. It was actually 17 gigabytes to, of memory to initially. start, yeah. And then it got up, crawled up to that. It went up to 64, but I don't oh, know if 64. it was all used. It was 64. 64 was the max, or 64 was the was what they allocated for it? They allocated uh, 64 RAM. Oh, it was capped on RAM, too. Okay. So yeah, it was, it was RAM. It was 64 gigabytes of RAM that they allocated after the 17 initial uh, gigabytes were full. CCB Snowden was on before, uh, was here in chat just a little while ago and talking about how we'll probably be seeing uh, seeing some uh, graph porn come out in the next few days. Oh, I can't wait. I think oh, like, one of the interesting things that they were talking about is kind of the age of the game mixed with the hardware improvements that they've made, where they've made significant improvements with the Tech 3 hardware and and, and all of that. But because of the, the age of the game itself, the game isn't able to take advantage of the um, multi-threaded multi processors. 
Uh, yeah. So I thought that was an interesting thing to come out of that conversation earlier. Yeah, imagine imagine if they did have uh, multi-threaded capabilities and what the difference in tire would be. I mean, the fact that we can have this many people like online concurrently in the same system, even on the same grid, fighting over the same objective, like you know, ten percent tie dye. Like we we talk about like tie dye being pretty unpleasant to fight in, but I mean, you you have you have that many people fighting, and it's going pretty for the most part pretty smoothly. Like that's pretty impressive. Yeah, I think Dirk made the point. I I think this needs to be really thought about. Is that the whole idea of uh, Aegis Sov, which was to break up these large fights so that you could have a meaningful role to play in a fight, but not all be on the same grid or even in the same system. And this distributes the load on the computer hardware, the, the servers, uh, so you can actually have better gameplay. Well, that was that was one of the considerations, right? When they went mm -hmm. and changed the sovereignty system, that was one of the considerations that they had, as well as creating what they perceived to be, you know, um, uh, better gameplay than just everybody landing on an iHub or a station or, or you know, or pause or, you know, whatever. Right. Um, you know, that having this sort of, you know, strategic and tactical mix of stuff that was going on across an entire constellation, you know, but part of it was this idea that, that, you know, um, it, you know, it would, you know, it would be, it would be easier on the server if not everybody was in one place all at the same time. Okay, so let's let's real quick let's let's explain to the like whatever potential new players we have left in this in this stream audience. Let's let let's maybe take a step back and let's explain to them what Dominion Sov entailed, right? Because previously, before we had multi-grid engagements to control sovereignty, right? We had we had we had essentially n plus one super capital gameplay, right? Yeah. Like <laughs> Dude, there, there, there was there was no real on. like lower talk, like, lesser man like there was no like underdog that could like hold Sov like. It didn't really work like that. Well, talk to new players in new player terms because the, the N plus one, super capital, et cetera, et cetera, all that stuff goes over their head. Okay, okay, okay. So I let's say... If you can. Okay, so let's say let's say you are uh, uh, a new group of players in EVE Online and you want to go experience uh, the sovereignty gameplay mechanic uh the 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 way it worked in in dominion sov if you were able to find let's say for the for the sake of argument you were able to find an unclaimed system okay the way the way dominion sov the way the the dominion sov mechanic worked was you were to you you would put up uh, a territorial claim unit and that would take 8 hours of real time gameplay to online and uh, once that was online, you could put up a, an infrastructure hub that would enable you to upgrade. Look, this whole thing is really boring. I'm bored just talking about it. <laughs> look, this is the, the the whole thing was that look. Okay, as as the defender, you had these structures you had to defend, and as the attacker, you had these things with timers that you had to attack. And they had a certain like health pool, and you would just bring bigger and bigger ships to deplete that health pool as efficiently as possible, right? And so that meant having the most super capitals to, to do that with so that you didn't, like, you know, spend, like, 12 hours fucking shooting a thing, yeah? Like, now, like, the way it works now is basically mining for Sov, yeah? Like, you, you, you approach a thing, you activate a lasery thing, and that is, that is, your, that is your, your, your sovereignty control mechanic. You are, you are mining for Sov, right? That opens it up for fights on multiple grids, and that is preferable to there being just one 
like, you know, super tie-dye lagged, like, slog fest for an objective, right? Which is yeah. funny because they kind of negated it with bringing in citadels because now we see exactly what happens today. Everybody loads on a grid again. <laughs> like, look, I mean, for citadel, sure, you're going to have that, 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 that mechanic. Like, I don't think that can be avoided. But, I mean, for sovereignty, it's, it's a lot better than it used to be. Oh, yeah. No, definitely for sure. Also, I mean, it takes a lot more time, too. That's I think that's one of the where the complaint comes, because it can take a lot longer than people would expect, especially from before. Sure. Like, also, these, you know, these single grid engagements for over the Citadels are the things that are, you know, the grand spectacle of Nullsec, the kinds of things that attract people to come play this game in the first place. Yeah. Like, I, I, I certainly didn't come play this game because I was like, wow, mining looks like a lot of fun, you know? Don't lie. Apparently a lot of people do. Look, when I started playing this game, like, the tutorial, like, pushed you into mining. And, like, I, I don't know. Like, I, I fell for that bait. I did the mining gimmick for a bit. I, I'm not ashamed to admit it. You should be. <laughs> well, I... Okay, you're not wrong. Okay, but, but, but like, it's, it's better now, you know what I mean? Like, the the... the the amount of ways that new players have to make money to establish themselves in this game uh, are more varied than they ever have been before. Like the ways that smaller groups can occupy space and like fortify and defend it and, and like maintain it like is more varied than it ever has been before. It actually enables small groups to have that kind of space. Like I don't know. I think the game is in a better place than it's ever been before, honestly. So an interesting little statistic. Um, I keep track of all the newbies I talk to and like what they end up doing and what works for them and what kind of advice to recommend for them. Now, when you say talk to them, like how do you mean, like in the in like the recruitment channel or like? Yeah, so it's in newbie help on the R Eve Discord. They approach me directly on Reddit. Um, I did a thread a while back about like helping newbies and whatnot, and ever since then they just flocked to me for whatever reason. But, I mean, um, you're a pretty affable fellow. Like I can understand why they might come to you and ask you questions. It's, it's basically what I do. Yeah, I'm, I'm the newbie whisperer. You could, you could just call me that. But uh, an interesting little statistic is um, the best advice to ever give to a newbie if you want to see him in 30 days is to tell him to mine. And I'm, I'm not even, I'm not, I'm not trying to meme here or anything like that. 30% um, of newbies who are recommended to go to minding, regardless of what they say, are still there a month later. Which is... I don't know. I find that a little disturbing, personally, but I think it also has a lot to do with lifeblood. I think we, can, when you consider what the potential for the Oru mine has, like it's 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 easy to sort of get enraptured with the the the, the market, the industry aspects of the game. Like, I I don't know. The 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 mining thing grabbed me and a bunch of uh, real life friends way back in the way back. Like I I, I believe in it. I think part of it is that, okay, it, newbies tend to obsess over making ISK, right? They, they see that as their form of progression. Generally, they're coming from more like theme parky or linear MMOs, so they kind of gravitate towards, you know, the ISK in their wallet as their form of progression in place of a traditional leveling system. So what they tend to do from there is they get into a mining fleet and then just watch their ISK go up. But the perk of a mining fleet is, you know, generally people are kind of just chit-chatting. And I don't know, there's a lot to be said for that, despite my uh, un uh, my uh, irrational hatred for miners. 
I think the industry aspect is uh, a critically underrated element of gameplay. Like we don't, I don't think we, I, I, I don't think we pitch that to people enough uh, when it comes to like pitching people on Eve. I, I think it's, I think it's really uh, intricate and interesting and elegant. And, uh, and I will have no part of it personally anymore. But I mean, I can certainly, <laughs> I can certainly appreciate why people might want to like be a part of that. Like, see the things they mine go on to be the ships that get destroyed in big fights, you know? Like, like there's 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 bits of it that are that seem sort of I don't know. I, 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 would, I would say that there's probably been no better time in Eve for resource gatherers, um, you know, miners specifically. Um, yeah, you go back. Yeah, I, I remember. I remember years ago when it was like alliances didn't give a shit if they had miners and in fact they really didn't want them because these were these were the quote-unquote care bears who wouldn't get into fleet and go out and do stuff right the untouchables yeah well you know and and given the fact that back then due to due to other forms of getting the minerals you needed to build things um you didn't need them within your midst you just needed them to exist within eve so that they did source it from somewhere but not from necessarily within your space or within your alliance like I think for a long time they were a liability, and I think now they're an asset. I think is basically absolutely what they are yeah. Like I, I, I think for a long time like they were crippled by the the types of ships they had to mine with, and now that it's a way better system of scale, I think that like it's a more attractive endeavor than it was before. It may not be safer per se, but like it, it's certainly more like if you if you like doing the 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 soup to nuts, you know, start to finish kind of industry stuff like. Like, if that sounds interesting to you, if you mine the ore and it becomes a ship and a ship that some dude buys and that dude buys that ship and he goes into a fleet fight and he like the story for that kind of stuff. Like, I mean, there's never been a better time to kind of get into that stuff. Okay. Yeah, you're a little over 12 hours at this point. Well, uh, good jobs all around. Uh, we still have like 1,800. I, I I love the idea of like after the fire, there's a smolder, and that seems to be what's going on as people watch the stream and stuff. When, uh, it's nice that people could hear from Sapporo Jones, uh, the leader of TEST, uh, and also uh, all the guys here uh, about the numbers and statistics of this battle and stuff like that. So... Really cool after show. And I mean, I agree. I, for one, I'm glad that people had the chance to hear my voice and opinions. I mean, I, I, <laughs> yes. I couldn't agree more. And consider Subarus. Oh, God. I mean, it was, they weren't already considering Subarus. Like, what are you even doing with your life? Like, honestly. There was somebody that said, uh, wait a minute, please put it in terms of Subaru so I can understand. <laughs> well, that's funny. I'm on my Porsche. I didn't even know that. But yeah, let me tell you, like, one-tenth of a Subaru. There you go. Love, it's what makes a Subaru a Subaru. Every yeah, is measured in Subarus from now on. And, and and for the rest of you that are listening to this and don't understand my passion for Subarus, let me let me tell you, a lot of people will tell you uh, that that uh, a majority of Subaru enthusiasts are lesbians and that Subarus uh, targeted lesbians with their advertising uh, stuff in the way back. Dude, let me tell you something, okay? A Subaru is a reliable automobile, okay? It is fairly cost-effective, okay? It has all-wheel drive, which makes it perform better in inclement weather. And statistically speaking, <laughs> statistically speaking, Subaru drivers are vagina connoisseurs. 
Okay. Oh my god. <laughs> oh, see, I told you guys about seven minutes ago. Yeah. All right. Oh my god. Thanks. Vote for yes. Commander Aids for CSM. Sorry. God, I stopped the CSM elections are coming up, aren't they? I uh, just want to say thanks uh, for keeping the stream up. It was uh, a good showing today. It's the best showing we've had. 11,000 people at peak. That lasted a while. We were, had 8,000 to 10,000 people. Uh, thanks to the crowd that's still with us, uh, 1,800. Uh, I want to say uh, thanks to Dirk for helping me out. And thanks to the guys that were the FCs. They came in and explained what was going on. I think we kept it going pretty well for the entire time. I don't think there was too much dead time. So good job all around. Oh, but uh, big thanks to the crowd uh, for being here, putting up the questions, and for anybody that's new to EVE, welcome. This is an amazing game. The more you learn about it, the more intense it becomes. Yeah, and again, check out check out the talk shows this weekend. Uh, Open Comms will be sitting around having some drinks on Friday night, probably uh, probably laughing at this shit somewhat, um, and. Uh, and talking stations, uh, what do you got lined up for uh, for Sunday, do, do you think, Matt Earl? Well, it's certainly going to focus on the aftermath of this, and then we're going to do part two of uh, CCP's new expansion coming, which is Structures 2.0. Outstanding. That sounds pretty interesting. And don't forget to check out dreadedisrecruiting.com for all your dreadedis recruiting needs. And don't forget to vote for Atachi for CSM. All right, everybody, have a uh, good night, and thanks for hanging out. Right, thanks, Mike. Alrighty, guys and gals, thank you all so much for definitely joining us. I didn't realize that part of that was actually muted. Um, all of our guests are, are done for today. We definitely thank you all so much for joining us uh, here on Imperium News. If you guys want to check out my stream, um, I'm RuneShift Gaming. I'm one of the two brothers that host Ringship Gaming. We hosted the stream today. Uh, we're able to keep it live for you all day long. So if you guys want to see a lot of uh, different variety of content, including EVE Online at times, uh, Solaris, and a few other things, um, definitely check us out there. If you guys haven't checked out our talk shows, please do. Friday night, we have Open Comms, U.S. Time Zone. Uh, Saturday, we have Push to Talk and the Meta Show with uh, the Matani, uh, leader of the Imperium. And then Sunday, we have Talking in Stations with Matterall and Dirk, who you just heard here on the stream. And again, I want to thank you all so much for joining us today. Uh, for all the new players, definitely check out EVE. It is free to play. You guys can play uh, a lot of great stuff in the uh, Alpha Clone State and get into battles just like this. Um, again, we're signing off for today. Thank you all so much for joining us, and we'll see you all next time.